0: Spectacle, there'll be fantasy There'll be daring do and stuff like you will never see
1: Hey, actor
0: Yeah, we're gonna be yeah, a movie Starring everybody And me There'll be heroes, bold There'll be comedy
2: And I oh, wanna bust that
1: in for us so happily Hey, actor
2: We can watch it all develop Starring everybody And
3: Ben Affleck <laughs> We're start right here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Hey an Actor with the Brothers Wilson. I am Ian Wilson, and as ever, I'm joined by hopefully the more uh, groin friendly handy uh, <laughs>
4: Groin friendly is the wrong term. <laughs>
3: But well, let's let's put it this way: Will there be less references to your testicles this episode? I mean, I can't promise anything, but I mean, it's
4: not on my mind as much as it was last episode. In fairness, in fairness, I mean that was a
3: bad idea.
4: <laughs> I think I think the, the the output is fine, Um but yeah.
3: Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the vasectomy in general. I the
4: vasectomy was a great idea. I <laughs> buy condoms? But you know,
3: it's, it's,
4: it's um. Yeah, and apologies to any Catholics listening. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're we're here for Hay and actor. Um, yes, and, and wow, we've had slightly less than a longer wait than we should have done.
3: Yeah, we're we're really cramming things in, yeah. um, as if we'd had a vasectomy. What? Uh, because <laughs> that doesn't uh, match
4: had... at all.
3: We have Whoa! No, no, no! You are, not, you are
4: towards. not getting past that terrible, terrible... So, when you have... An...
3: For, I've taken back the action range, <laughs> so I will be. And that bit will be very much, uh, muted. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, we are covering, uh, this month three films of Ben Affleck.
4: Ooh, Delali.
3: There's a man who's probably had his...
4: <laughs> what? He's probably had a vasectomy. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I don't know. Well, who
4: knows? It doesn't say no, in his Wikipedia entry. He's
3: got kids. Uh, yes, so have I. Yes, yes. How are they doing? <laughs> I've <I'm> not asked. <laughs> you haven't seen them today. Oh, so I
4: thought you were talking about Ben Affleck's children. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: your regular hotline to the children of Ben <laughs> I mean, Affleck and Jennifer I mean, Garland. you heard
4: the confusion in my voice. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, yeah,
4: my kids are fine, thank you. They're all, they're all good. Oh. It's nearly Link's birthday. I nearly have a five-year-old son. Yes. With my eight-year-old daughter.
3: Indeed. Wow. Excuses, excuses. What do
4: you mean? Whoa, whoa!
3: You've always used S as an excuse. I'm excusing
4: it for nothing. I was the one who watched the films on time.
3: <laughs> I've watched the films on well, time. Well,
4: for the for the delays one. Anyway, which delayed one? The delayed recording date. you have talking dates. about numerous. That's that's fair.
3: Just not this one. <laughs> anyway, I've watched all the three films we're covering uh, <laughs> this month. For Ben Affleck, that's why we're recording in one.
4: Hooray.
3: And those films, in reverse order, are going to be the critically acclaimed directorial actor project of Ben Affleck, which is Argo. Argo. The uh, slightly less critically acclaimed Chasing Amy, Mm. uh, one of his earliest films from the 90s, -hmm. um, as written and directed by Kevin Smith. But we're starting off with, almost certainly, the least critically acclaimed (laughs) film. Certainly of what we're covering, but uh, arguably of his career. Mm -hmm. And, brother, if you don't want uh, to do any bants right now, what is that film? Uh, Well, apparently it's
4: no bants o'clock as we talk about Pearl Harbor.
2: How long is America going to pretend the world is not at war from berlin rome and tokyo we have been described
0: as a nation of weaklings and playboys who hire british or russian or chinese soldiers to do our fighting for us i'm going to the war you just make sure and come back for the both of us all right We've been
2: trained to think that we're invincible. But our people think Hitler and his Nazi thugs are Europe's problem. Does anyone think that victory is possible without facing danger?
5: Warning of Japanese aggressive movement... December
2: 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy.
3: Pearl Harbor is a 2001 American Romantic War drama film, sure, uh, directed <laughs> by Michael Bay, uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and starring Ben Affleck, Kate Beckinsale, Josh Hartnett, Cuba Gooding Jr., John Voight as a Democrat, lol, <laughs> and uh, Alec Baldwin. And um, it's basically Titanic but Pearl Harbor. And it's a love triangle. Uh, three hours this film. Wow. This, 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 uh, long film. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, it's, it's, it's historical. So, um, that, that's gotta be good, right? Um, <laughs> brother, this is. The first time I've, I'm saying it. When had you previously seen Pearl Harbor?
4: Well, this is a, a very negatively critiqued film with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of negativity about it. Uh, a lot of people don't like it very much at all, uh, which means that Kel loves it because um, she <laughs> has terrible taste in films, and uh, yeah. So we watched it at some points um, over the course of our relationship, and. And it survived. survived. Well, the relationship has survived. <laughs> it stood the test of time. But yes, um, Pearl Harbor is a film that I've watched. I watched it with Kel. I think we had to watch it in innings when we first watched it because, Jesus. And then it's... <laughs> I've, I've, we've definitely watched it again together. Uh, whether it's she's watching it and I was in the room kind of scoffing. Um, or we made a concerted effort to watch it. I don't know, but, uh, this will be my third time watching it all the way through. Nine hours of my life I've spent watching this film. And yeah. like John Voight, um, it really outstays its welcome. <laughs> In terms of, um, I mean, th- there's good parts about it and I-, I won't be completely Debbie Downer on it, but, um, going into it, it is way too long. There's, it's, it's quite overblown. It's very bombastic in classic Brookhammer Bay fashion. And uh, I'm very interested to hear exactly what you thought about it. Um, so let's rip the bandage off. Uh, your first time watching it. Uh, yes. Bear in mind, you did send me a message going, Jesus Christ, this film's three hours long. <laughs> uh, so let's keep your powder dry a little bit. What did you think about Pearl Harbour?
3: Well, brother, As a qualified historian...
4: Ah. Oh, dear.
3: uh, Now, uh, admittedly, not one who's really studied Pearl Harbor and America's entry into World War II. Right. That being said, I have very rarely spent so long watching something so vapid. Oh. I I think Ebert put it best, saying this is a two-hour film squeezed into three hours. (laughs) That's quite fair. It's a a very good quote. Yes. And, I mean, in many ways, this was not made for me. Even if I had seen this at the time, and in a way, I'm surprised I didn't. Okay. Because it came out in 2001, and I was watching a lot of war films around the time, because this was towards the end of my GCSEs and the beginning of my A-levels, and I was doing history for both. And Mr. Allen, the Mighty Beard... Indeed. um, I mean, something different in America. Um, but, (laughs) uh, But he would sometimes put on films after school to do with war as a kind of supplementary to the studies that we were doing. Okay, Pearl Harbor was not one of those films, Just because I think it was so recent, and possibly not specifically what we were studying. So I dodged a bullet, in a way. Okay. But even then, I knew it by reputation, and I didn't necessarily think badly of Ben Affleck at the time. Right. 2001. I I had seen Dogma at that point. But I was very much aware it was a a love triangle film between Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett and Kate Beckinsale, none of whom I'd really seen or or cared much about. (laughs) Okay. And it was also around the time of U571. I
4: don't know what that is.
3: We've discussed it previously. It was a case of an American film depicting Americans as having gained the Enigma device and cracked the Enigma code. Oh yes. And mm. obviously a big bone of contention to British people. Now, Pearl Harbor doesn't necessarily do that. There is a subplot of Affleck's character going to England and fighting the Germans firsthand before America enters the war because of the the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. But I would argue that's not that kind of egregiousness of, like, America... I mean, they do go, my God, we need some more Americans like you. (laughs) Yes. But I think that's as far as it goes. Um, It doesn't necessarily say Americans were the greatest, (laughs) Uh, you know, fighters in in the war and such like. Mm. What I would say is Titanic set a very dangerous trend Mm. (laughs) <laughs> of you know, fictionalizing glamorizing history. horrific events in history right by slapping a romance story over it mm. and just thinking that that will suffice now titanic for whatever reason works and we did cover it in our kate winsler's episode
4: another three hour wonder
3: uh again uh a fucking long movie Yep. Uh but at least that one had boobs. But <laughs> <laughs> this one to quote to paraphrase Peter Griffin three boring boobless hours <laughs> Um and honestly the one saving grace and this does sound a bit crap not crass, but because it's Michael Bay the action sequences at least come across pretty well yes it's just everything around the action sequences are tedious um in my opinion <laughs> yeah uh what what say you
4: i i absolutely agree i think this seems to be an example of uh michael bay produced by joe bruckheimer who's kind of <laughs> He's to blame as much as is, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. This is them trying to have the cake and eat it too. They're trying to tell a romance story and a war story and a drama story. They're trying to tell all these different things all within the space of one film, and they do it, but only one of them really works, and that is the kind of the action element of stuff. Um, and even then there is kind of fictionalized stuff. I'm sure there is a, there's some sort of talented kind of film major person out there who could, or, or who has done a cut of this film which takes out the bullshit irrelevantness and only shows, you know, the, the, the march to war, the, the, well, with inaccuracies intact, I'm sure, but shows the, the movement of the Japanese and the tensions in Washington and the kind of intelligence agencies, blah, blah, blah takes out a lot of the, let's face it, Ben Affleck stuff um, and puts (laughs) together a creditable war story. I'm sure there's got to be a cut out there or that's a challenge to somebody out there to do that. What you do get is a lot of inflated drama, which I guess they're trying to show that, you know, Pearl Harbor was a horrific event. And look, it affected these fictional people (laughs) as well. And it's trying to show... Like it's not just a bad attack on the United States, it also had this impact on families and romances and um, you know, this is why we entered the war and <sighs> but you're right, the action sequences do work and it is it's a well told story war wise. But the the love triangle is an interesting idea about, you know, I thought you were dead, so I got into a relationship with your best friend, and now I'm pregnant, and now he's dead, so you're going to have to raise him as your... Uh, that's a different film. That's a completely yeah, different yeah. thing. It's like... um Well, actually, it's been a while since I've watched it. I was going to say it's like The Notebook. I'll I take I your remember. word for it. I <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I, I'll take my own word for it on that one. I don't quite understand, so, yeah. But... um. Yeah, I would say we're talking about Ben Affleck this episode. Yes. Ben Affleck, in full-on kind of hunky leading man role, Mm. does a perfectly serviceable job. But I have one umbrage about um, his performance in this film. I wonder if you can work out what it is.
3: Um, is it his accent? No. Okay, I'm out of ideas. It is that it's exactly the same character
4: he played in Armageddon.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I was going to come on to this. Because <laughs> in Armageddon, again, directed by Michael Bay. Yep. Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm hmm. It is a case of um, a young romantic lead. Yep. Um, Who's
4: the best at what he does, sacrifices himself, and he's dead. Oh no. But then he's back and.
3: Now the problem is, I remember fuck all about Armageddon.
4: You're a luckier man than I. I you. know.
3: I do. <laughs> down to my past beer drinking ways, but um yeah, it, it it's just a case of I can see the argument of he him being kind of promoted from doing what he did in Armageddon to its being a lead role. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and. The whole Americana thing, which, again, is not something that's necessarily gravitated towards us. No. Which I think is very deliberate on Bay and Bruckheimer. Because, in fairness, Pearl Harbor is a distinct scar on the American kind of consciousness. It yeah. is basically... Before nine eleven happened, that was the biggest horrific assault on the USA by a I say foreign power, I mean Al- Al-Qaeda wasn't a foreign power as such but um, before nine eleven, Pearl Harbour was the, the big thing that really hurt the national consciousness which is why cheapening it <laughs> <laughs> with a fucking love tri- triangle between Ben Affleck and a, a British woman <laughs> and Josh Hartnett Yes. <laughs> seems a bit insulting. Yeah. And I mean, I was, yeah. I was kind of on the wrong foot from the get-go. It's like, ah, look, our two protagonists boys derping about with a plane.
4: Yeah. Oh, no, we're flying a plane. Oh, no. And, and the uh,
3: accountant is really that's, sore about it. There's
4: William Fitchner again. Yeah, yeah.
3: Hooray. Hooray. I need to rewatch Drive Angry. <laughs> Do you for William Fichtner? Fair enough, yeah.
4: William Fichtner month.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think more broadly, I don't think Affleck was actively bad, mm-hmm. or at the very least, he wasn't the worst thing about the film. No, I think he he's actually a film
4: a strength of the film in terms of performance because he's kind of the the. The, the rough, tough, like, lead squadron guy who's doing really well, and God damn it, I don't like your style, but I do admire your guts, says Alec Baldwin. Um, and then off he goes to in, war, in, and he's in brave. the Top
3: Gun segment. Of exactly. You're almost word for word. <laughs> yeah. How subtle. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then Pearl Harbor. The subtle film.
4: The subtle film. <laughs> trying to fit in other films at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a lot of things to like about Ben Affleck as as an actor in this film. That he's he is a reassuring presence, as in, like you know, when he's on screen, he's at least going to be a serviceable actor within this bit of this bullshit. Yeah, because um, he's Ben Affleck, and he's kind of he's ready for this at this point in his career. I
3: think it's true to say that at this point, he was a credible leading man. Yes. I don't know if he'd had many leading men roles up to that point. But... Well, we'll
4: find out in section four of the, of the podcast.
3: <laughs> but I think he cut the muster with regards to it, insofar as he was exactly what this film needed him to be. Yeah. No more, the... but no less I <laughs> He is the,
4: the heartthrob hero. Um, And he's the only one who doesn't want to have sex with the girl on the first night because, no, goddammit, he's better than that. He's uh, moral. He's moral, he's hunky, he's attractive, he's great at flying planes.
3: Everything that Josh Hartnett also is. (laughs) What did you think about character? Because he's not someone we've come across on this podcast.
4: No, he's... um, I'm sure I've seen him at some point in his career. Um, I've not seen Black Hawk's Suicide, um, or Forty <laughs> Days and Forty Nights,
3: Thirty Days of Night.
4: No, Forty Days and Forty Nights. Oh, is he in film?
3: that as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I always refer to him as the protagonist of Thirty Days of Nights because oh, fair enough. He is. Okay.
4: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I don't. I mean, his character is sort of. You're not... Are you supposed to like him? I don't know. He's the one who... I think who, you are. I think you are supposed to a little bit, but it does... So I, I remember thinking, like, watching it this time around, about, oh, God, here's the bit where they get together, and it's a little bit odd. The the film does, though, go out of its way to kind of say about, you know, this is months later on, and everyone around is saying, you know what, you should, if you feel romantically involved to, to the to this girl you know, he's dead, so you need to move on, she needs to move on, yeah. this might be a good way of happening.
3: It, <sighs> I'm sympathetic, because they did legitimately think he was dead.
4: Yes. And but,
3: you don't uh... necessarily have a claim to your bow after you're presumed no. dead.
4: No, and I don't know whether it's the fact that, because I know what this... Even the first time watching it, I knew, oh yeah, he's going to come back to life, or he's not actually dead, you've not seen him actually die, so of course he's going to come back. Yeah. and oh d- I don't know. Maybe because it's, it's telegraphed so obviously. <laughs> it's a three you know, hour film. So
3: yeah, that's well, what, yeah. And he's the lead actor.
4: <laughs> but you know, oh God, he's going to come back. So this is just a bad idea, you idiots. And then, oh, he's alive. And then he's all cross. And it, so he kind of has to be sort of the bad guy in some ways. Their even though it is explained sin is to they him. they
3: didn't read the screenplay, I'll have a Muppet <laughs> movie.
4: Ah. I thought you were going to say their biggest sin is they never expected to fall in love during this <laughs> during this war I
3: don't want to quote the dialogue of this film
4: uh, no I, I I was quoting the dialogue of Matt Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> something happened I wasn't expecting. I fell in love.'
3: the more unlikely romantic least Matt what? Hancock. <laughs> Josh Hartnett. But
4: put it this way. I prefer Josh Hartnett to Matt Hancock. Yes.
3: One of them looks like a gerbil. Um, <laughs> anyway.
4: And one of them is a g- charlatan who almost killed millions of people. Oh, I see what <laughs> you mean. Oh, Silly poor, me. Poor
3: Hartnett. <laughs> Bless him.
1: No, um, no, no. I, I, I,
3: I thought he was fine. Fine, okay. Despite of, of my misgivings. And uh, rounding out the the trilogy of misgivings, but it's probably fine. Uh, Kate Beckinsale.
4: Beckinsale. Now, um, uh, well, I'm
3: Beckinsale. <laughs> How familiar back... with Kate Beckinsale are you?
4: Uh, well, I've seen Van Helsing. <laughs> and,
3: uh... We saw it together, <laughs> didn't we?
4: I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That film I've watched cinema, at least. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I know that she used to be uh, together with Michael Sheen. She did. And then I'm going to say that she lost him because he's just a gorgeous boy.
3: Uh, Uh, Technically, she dumped him for the director of her film Underworld. Well,
4: fuck you, Michael Sheen was also in. Ah, God, that's going to be weird.
3: Especially because they had a child together at the time.
4: Yes, now I know about this (laughs) because he. Do you know that he's now a non for profit actor? I am aware of that. Yes. So he like puts all his money back into Portal, but yes, I mean so it's
3: it's a waste. Um, he's yeah. put all his money back into Wales honestly.
4: Well no, someone's got to
3: <laughs> It's not the Tory government It's not so. the Tory government, no way
4: <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, good for him but, uh, Good for him, but, but bad for Len Wiseman Because they're now divorced Well,
3: quite um, mm. But Beckinsale herself
4: Not seen much of her stuff, to be fair mm. um, I had to kind of look up her name a few times uh, We did see her in the Aviator though, didn't we? We did who was she?
3: <laughs> Ava, was Braun? Gabor, I don't know. Uh, Gardner, Loveless. Oh, okay. Yes. Fine. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Uh, another one of the films that we've covered that I remember very little about. Um, he... Despite Kate Blanchett's wonderful Catherine Hepburn.
4: Oh, there I was. <laughs> Watching Kate Beckinsale screwing over Michael Sheen.
1: <laughs>
3: yes, but uh, in in this film, I mean, her role, not just for love interest. I'm glad she wasn't just the love interest in a, a love triangle. She was kind of like the most uh, go-getting member of the nurse corps. And... <laughs> the go-getting nurse. No, well, I mean... Well, she's kind of the lead that's, nurse, I yes, guess. Yes, that's what I mean. As
4: in the most competent.
3: Uh, other nurses include Ben Affleck's future wife, Jennifer Garner, who's right. made up to be a nurse because she wears glasses, yeah. and uh, Jamie nerd. King, uh, who will go on to be the uh, female star of one of Pandy's favourite films, Bulletproof Monk.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, favourite film? I mean, I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it.
3: We've mentioned it more than it should have been mentioned. I mean, I'm saying
4: it for Sean Williams. we've Monk. not
3: covered any of the other actors in the film. So, uh, what we've not done? Shall we Uh Not yet, no. Oh,
4: no, good point. No. Oh, we did do Crouching
3: Tiger for uh, Michelle Yeoh. Oh yeah, yeah. but uh, other—I mean, who else in the uh, supporting cast do you want to quickly go over?
4: Um, so, Ewan Bremner, oh, yes. who played Red, the stuttering guy. Spurred from uh, Spotting. Indeed, yes. I, um, I I felt quite conflicted whether to laugh when he's the one who has to shout that they're, they're, they're uh, Japanese planes attacking the hospital, and he's there stuttering. Right. Um, you know, it's. I, I don't think it's meant to be for laughs, <laughs> but... You know, sending a stuttering guy in. I guess it's meant to show that, oh God, it's such a horrible, heartfelt thing that this poor Red has to do. And then, yeah. But, uh yeah, how amazing to see Spud in a Hollywood blockbuster.
3: Now, in fairness, he has been in a few. Has he? Of, of films that I've watched, uh, he was in Alien versus Predator. Fuck off. He was. Uh, was he a Predator or I, an alien? I mean, Put it this way: He didn't survive. Um, oh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, Death at a Funeral, I wouldn't necessarily say was a Hollywood movie, but it's a very good British film that uh, okay. Frank Oz directed. Oh yeah, he was also in Snowpiercer, uh, what Exodus, Gods and Kings. What are you talking about? In which Christian Bale played Moses. What you heard me. What's going and on? He had a, a role in Wonder Woman.
4: Oh, okay. And
3: there was also a train spotting sequel as well.
4: I mean you say he's been in lots of Hollywood blockbusters. I'm Wonder Woman's like a half... Hollywood
3: blockbuster, come on. I suppose so, yes. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> um other people, other people. Um you have uh, the uh Alec Baldwin.
4: You got yeah, there he is in full and kind of damn it, man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> proper camping it up as a military. Uh, we
3: can add another film on uh, on the spreadsheet for uh, a, a cameo role for Dan Aykroyd. What the hell was he I doing know. in this film? So there he is. The like... same year and indeed same weight as uh, Evolution. Oh, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. That's fair. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes, as uh, the first black man to uh, receive a specific honor in the American system. Now, th- th- his
4: was a real character, yes, yes. right? Was he one of the only real characters in the whole no,
3: film? Uh, because there's a specific section on Wikipedia direct <laughs> devoted to these people. Oh, now oh, in fairness, so there is. Uh, there's yeah. some obvious ones like John Voight playing FDR. Again, the the irony of him playing a a Democrat is not lost (laughs) on me. Uh, We had Aku playing uh, for one of the Japanese (laughs) admirals.
4: Yes, indeed. He was the one who was then quoted as saying that they've uh, awoken a sleeping giant. Indeed, indeed. And
3: another of the uh, Japanese supporting cast was Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, uh, who people probably best know... As uh, Shao Kahn from uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, he was also in Licence to Kill. Of course. Uh, and the Phantom, Slam Evil. Tell him where's the Sorry, Shang Tsung, not Shao Kahn. Of course. You know, it makes all the difference. Of course. Um yes. And, I mean, Alec Baldwin's character was um, a, a real-life character.
4: Oh, Okay. Oh, yeah, I think that came up as part of the um, uh, historical inaccuracies. Right,
3: yes. And Uh, I'll just say this now. I did start this by saying, ha, qualified historian Ian Wilson. um, And I am. But uh, I I don't care. Uh, (laughs) Like, like, specifically for this, because it isn't necessarily... And I, I will give the filmmakers credit with regard to this. In the same kind of pass I give Cameron... Um, that this isn't specifically meant to be a historical about Pearl Harbor? No. Which you can tell from the outset.
4: I mean, you can and I can, but you know there are some people around the world who take this a complete face value. I think value.
3: because, it, and it, this is only a guess, the film is called Pearl Harbor, which mm. does make it sound like it's the definitive take on the Pearl Harbor bombings, uh, which isn't true. Uh, one more name I do just want to throw up. Uh, you had General Zod in there as well.
4: Yes, Mike Michael Shannon. Shannon. Indeed, There he is, playing some kind of stone <laughs> thing. Uh, another rankle they spelt harbour wrong.
2: <laughs> now,
3: <laughs> I agree, <laughs> but uh, that is how the, the location is spelt by those yeah, uh, uneducated yeah. yanks. So... <laughs> we'll have to. We'll, we so, have to give the filmmakers
4: that one. See, we teach a spelling scheme in our school, which go through like why English is such a difficult language to spell in because it takes all sorts of different spellings from uh, Norse occupation and the, the the kind of Germanic languages and Latin words and Greek words and kind of the the, the rules for different sounds within different words. It's quite. Um, it's educational, obviously, because it's a yes. school. But um, something that uh, one of the lessons that came up was the uh, the American guy who decided to try and make spellings easier by oh, taking yeah. out the U in words <laughs> like colour.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah. And during the lesson, I found myself saying, "Boo this man! Boo him! Boo!" <laughs>
3: <laughs> to seven-year-old <laughs> children,
4: lots of children booing someone who's trying to simplify spellings. <laughs> And in the process, fucking up English language.
3: Uh, <clears throat>
4: oh, the power. I shall miss that power.
3: Ah, well, you haven't announced this.
4: Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm not going to be a teacher for much longer. Wow. Yeah, I'm giving up the old teacher-majigging. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, Mr. Wilson's going to hang up his socks for a while. <laughs> and uh, I shall just be... Andrew.
3: Going to other, other, uh, ventures. Pastures yes.
4: new. How exciting. But yeah. What a,
3: what a bombshell. Uh, which is. For the Pearl... Is oh no. The best thing to say when we're reviewing Pearl Harbor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob Dylan joins us. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my son's a piece of shit. What? <laughs> I gather he doesn't like his own stuff. So. Okay, right. But, uh...
3: <laughs> Good to know. Um, <laughs> with, with regards to the film, right. I think we've gone through all the, the actors we want to cover. Um, and as I say, the action sequences are, are kind of the best bit. Is there anything within the film you want to talk about before we talk about the kind of, uh, you know, the the other concerns once it was released? I mean, what an Oscar this film! Well, that's what I was going to get to. But uh, yes, <laughs> the Sandra Bullock Award for Best Sound Editing. <laughs> yes, uh, having also been nominated for a Best Sound Proper. Um, yeah, Best Original Song. I remember that. No, no. Uh, Best Visual Effects, which is fair. Yeah.
4: yeah, I mean, like we said earlier, it, it is a. A well, it looks good when there needs to be some CGI and there's the action chops are all there.
3: Um, and yeah. I mean, certain sections of the action is properly harrowing. harrowing. Like, yes. not necessarily like Saving Private Ryan harrowing, but you've got the bits where they're trying to drill out um, sailors stuck in upturned ships. And some of them are saved, but some of them only get their hands out, and you watch the hands kind of, like, struggle in their last moments. Yeah. That's proper. That's a bit dark. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, as much as I think the action looked good, it didn't necessarily strike a, a resonant tone with me. And I don't know if that's because the filmmaker is Michael Bay and he just doesn't have that boat, uh, that arrow in his quiver. Um, or that club in his golf bag. But I was expecting something a bit more harrowing. The hospital scenes were more harrowing than the actual bombing of the ships. I think that's fair. I don't... Mm, maybe they're trying to
4: stay on one side of a certain age rating. Mm, yeah. Uh, potentially... Yeah. And therefore, you can't show like military booming and banging, but you can see some medical stuff. I don't know. Censors are weird. It's like the whole thing about like if uh, a film is rated PG thirteen in America, you can get away with one yes. swear word. Um Hence the game of if you could put one swear word into any of the Lord of the Rings films, where would you put it? There was a, a meme that came up between uh, Billy Boyd and Charlie right. the Hobbit. Um about like if you could have what it'd be like a fucking buckleberry fair.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say, but where's my fucking second breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: fool of a fucking
3: two <laughs> I I'd I'd uh replace the word fool. Um yeah. but... <laughs> <Cut some laughs> I, I... You said it, not me. Uh, um Happy editing juicy no, brother. No, no worries, no wonder you're getting out of teaching um but it is it is fair to say that um they did specifically try and um well i say try because this was produced by disney mm. uh it wasn't a narrated film they very much moved mm. to make it as pg13 as possible
4: which might explain why the, the battle elements I mean, it's quite bombastic yeah. it's quite like fireworky yeah. and sparks coming yeah. out everywhere Rather than no, that,
3: that would you know,
4: explain
3: limbs. it. For, for yeah. Mm. Um, so it was made for a budget of 140 million dollars. Depressingly, it made 450 million
4: dollars. Why does Michael Bay get <laughs> to keep on making? I think someone's
3: guessed the outro song. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was reviewed pretty poorly. Pretty poorly.
4: I mean, and and how many other films have? Songs in other films referencing how bad they are,
3: <laughs> not very many, but then you have to really cross the ire of Trey Parker and Matt Stone fair enough in a in a film ironically, where they take the Almighty Piss out of Alec Baldwin indeed, yeah, fair to say Baldwin isn't a a primary role in this film, but no. um he's there at the start and then comes good in the third act, but, so, yeah yeah. Yeah. So, all in all, brother, Pearl Harbor, <laughs> will you be watching it a fourth time? What <laughs> to
4: push that bad boy up to 120 hours of my life? <laughs> Probably not. Fair I mean, not if I can help it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I said to Kel, oh, I'll watch Pearl Harbor. She's like, oh, without me? <laughs> yes. I don't want to well, watch Well, Join again. in, love. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it on your own time. Yeah, all right, okay. She's about to finish watching Stargate Atlantis again.
3: <laughs> That's a TV show, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> a lot more hours. Um, many, many it's hours. On Netflix, is it? No. no. <laughs> anyway. Right, so that was uh, Pearl Harbor, and uh, we now move back in time to the 1990s. Oh, yes. And the film Pandy a tolerant been. time. The film Pandy had never seen before. Chasing Amy.
4: Get her.
0: She's a long face, Horace. I'm just having a little girl trouble. Pressing charges? I get that a lot.
2: Holden McNeil was set in his ways. The way he worked. The way he lived. And the way he thought love should be. But then, she showed up let
0: me guess you like her this girl loves me there's something you
2: should know she got a boyfriend well no then what's to know my friend and this girl's got a secret that's going to drive him crazy i like you holden
0: i'd really like us to be friends what i tell you she just needs the right guy
2: what's
0: up if you come pick me up i'll be your best friend
2: Now, the only thing standing in Holden's way is the truth. I can't take this. Can't take what? I love you. Not in a friendly
0: way. That was your pseudo date.
2: Okay, I'm telling you, she's never even been with a guy. You're dating a guy?
3: So what if it is true?
4: You know you have no shot at getting her into bed.
1: I take it that's not good.
2: Miramax Films presents a comedy that tells it like it feels.
0: She's been around and seen things we've only read about in books. So what'd you do last night? Got lucky.
4: Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy is a 1997 American film which alleges to be romantic and a comedy drama. Uh, It's written and directed by Kevin Smith. It stars Ben Affleck. Uh, Someone called Joey Lauren Adams and Jason Lee. And it's all about a comic book artist uh, called Holden McNeil, played by Ben Affleck, who uh, runs a comic book based on Jay and Silent Bob called Bluntman and Chronic, uh, where the um, texturing and colouring and shading and stuff is done by Banky Edwards, played by Jason Lee. Yes, my name is Earl Guy. Um, where they are hanging out having a lovely time in their life but they come across an amazing, fantastic, wonderful person called Alyssa Jones who is captivating and Holden is immediately smitten wants to hang out with her all the time but uh uh-oh, she's lesbian Oh dear, how could he love someone who is lesbian? Oh no, that's totally something that would never happen. But they hang out together and their relationship develops. And the film goes through the motions of trying to work out how people feel about sexuality and tolerance in the 90s. um, Combined with past traumas, sexual experiences, how it makes people feel and uh, other bullshit. And i had never seen this film before. Brother... Why the hell did you watch Chasing Amy? Uh, sorry, when? When the hell did you watch Chasing Amy?
3: I can answer both. So, um, when I first had my Love Film subscription, uh, it was in uh, Bizzleston Towers. Of so, course. Um, it's a good uh, 10 plus years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that I wanted to um, go on a bit of a what I'd like now do for the flick chart forum. And uh, go through a director's run. Okay. And so I did that for Kevin Smith, beginning with clerks or clerks. And I think I went up to as far as Jersey Girl. Okay. And then stopped there. And that was his. Uh, he'd released that in 2004. So I'm imagining um, you,
4: like Ralph Wiggum in the dentist chair, going, that's enough. That's enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, now. In, now I I will ask you about Kevin Smith in a second. Right. Yeah, so Chasing Amy is the third film of his oeuvre. Clark's, or Clerks, which put him on the map, uh, was his first. And it was followed up by Mallrats, which Affleck is also in. Mm -hmm. He's not the lead in that film, though. He's more of the kind of antagonist, but is a, a, a relatively minor role. Whereas Chasing Amy, which was recommended or certainly suggested very heavily on VFT forums and then also mike said to me i say privately privately suggests that he doesn't want it out there but he said y- you know you don't have to do chasing amy because it's a bit you know oh uh, like i think it's because it's a bit you know that it would make it good to talk about okay really.
4: a bit you know
3: yeah so, uh, problematic is probably the word. Yes. Because it was Kevin Smith doing a semi autobiographical film with regards to a relationship he'd had that had gone bad with Joey Lauren Adams, mm-hmm. which makes it even more a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Not because Adams herself is a lesbian, but adding that element in and, uh taking in you know, script consultancy from a screenwriter who is a lesbian uh, Guinevere Turner uh, who you might remember from American Psycho uh, uh no Because she is Bateman's friend and protests that she isn't a lesbian and then uh, does get into some lesbian kissing right up until a point that Bateman oh, f- oh
4: yes, and then he
3: and that, yes, so right. uh, not to spoil American Psycho. Oops. No. <laughs> it's one of the less revered entries in Ke- Kevin Smith's canon. And Smith himself has said, I made it at a time when I was pretty young. I didn't really know how the world worked at the time. So I can see how bits of it aren't the best. Um, Well I'm glad he said that uh, I don't know how much later Because he said he's become A lot more zen following his heart attack And significant uh, Weight loss In fact before I actually ask you about the film How much are you aware of Kevin Smith I'm aware of him and I have watched Dogma
2: right? Yes, And I'm
4: aware of and have seen Some things with Jay and Silent Bob In them I, I don't know too much about the guy himself I remember kind of feeling mixed things towards him at different kind of news stories that have come out or things that have come out about him. I remember yeah. thinking it was very clever and very funny that he was one of the people who turned out to protest against dogma. Um, yes, to try and lampoon <laughs> the outrage of someone who's not seen the film, but is like preaching about it as, yeah, uh, in a kind of Jerry Springer, the opera kind of, uh, the musical right, yeah. kind of thing, but, um, yeah. I, I don't know, or didn't know, and still don't know a huge amount about
3: him. Okay. I would say that Dogma, and I, again, I've not seen all of his films, and there's one film that I will never watch, therefore I'm not going to do a flick chart for him on the guy. Oh. Um, but I think Dogma is probably his best film. Okay. Um, so so i think peaked. <laughs> you you started at the peak. Oh, um... <laughs> good. It was going downhill from there. Pretty much, pretty much. Um... But um, I'll just outright uh, say it. Uh, what did you think of Chasing Amy?
4: Oh, problematic and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he's looked back and kind of admitted that he didn't know a huge amount about what was going on. I watched this with uh, 23 eyes um, and thought, yikes. Um, <laughs> because it's, it's wearing the badge of, I think, I didn't mind it too, too much because it, It's kind of exploring sexuality and attitudes towards sexuality um, and what it is to be kind of away from the heteronormal within the late 90s. And it throws up a lot of questions, but a lot of them are kind of battered down, which with for me, some really kind of awkward humour and really awkward kind of um, name-calling and, you know... Dyke being thrown around here, where, and everywhere. And the the, the Jason Lee character is egregious to, to a huge Ooh, problematic right. fault to yeah. me. Um, not least showing pornography to a child, but that's, I'm sure that was hilarious in the late 90s. <laughs> well, <when laughs> you, when you,
3: in your 20s, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I think it's trying
4: to investigate the whole idea about uh, I am a lesbian and therefore this is what I must do. Um, or these are what, this is what being a lesbian is like, says Jason Lee's character. (laughs) Says Kevin Smith. (laughs) Says Kevin Smith through the voice of somebody else, you know. And I know he's writing a character. You can't say that he feels the same way as these people. And he did, I I read, kind of check the script in with uh, lesbian filmmaker Guinevere Turner. That's who I was talking about. Um, yes, to just kind of make sure that it was kind of above board, but. I found it very difficult to watch in places because it kind of has this earnest streak or attempted earnest streak about, like, let, hey, guys, let's let's talk about what it is to be lesbian or to, to find men attractive or to find women attractive if you are the same sex as them and, and, and really knuckle down into it. And it's making some salient points about, you know, what does it matter about, you know, it talks about penetration in a kind of way and kind of, sort of talks out the the Ben Affleck character's views on penetration and, like, the normal sex, quote-unquote. I think it
3: dispels a lot of, kind of, male prejudices about lesbian
4: love. It it dispels them, but then it kind of enforces them and then uses them as a laughing point. Yes, yeah. Which kind of took away from a lot of, I guess, the message of the film, if that's what they were going for. Um... And I kind of got to the end of the film and thought, oh, thank God for that. (laughs) I I was kind of on edge for the next really awkward or really well-put bit. Not least that the the character of Alyssa has got this nickname, Finger Cuffs, based on Mm. some kind of sexual adventures that she's had in her earlier life. And how the kind of dude bros involved in New Jersey at the time were like, dude, she did this, dude, whoa, dude. And then she has to... She has to apologise to Ben Affleck's character He makes that kind of... He sort of makes it or she's like, how dare you, how dare you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. About something that she had done in her past, with, which was her decision that she says that makes him feel a certain way and... Yes, that is kind of the end of their relationship by that point, but it made me feel so awkward that she felt like she had to apologise for her own experience and was seemingly, by the film, expected to do so. And you were kind of... Yes, Ben Affleck's character is there trying to kind of understand and unpick why it makes him feel a certain way, and I really kind of appreciate the film doing that to a point, but then it takes it away by giving her the 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 need to apologise, yeah, and uh, so I guess how I felt about the film—it's not particularly well made. It's very kind of low budgets. I mean, it was made with a quarter of a million pound budget. It made twelve million, uh, yeah, pounds, I mean dollars uh, dollar budget. It made a huge return on its on its. Um,
3: yeah, budget. I mean at this point, Smith was still in his kind of self-funded, um, kind of. Filmmaking career. This would be the yeah. last of his films because Dogma had money behind it, which you can tell by the cast.
4: You can tell by the cast, and you can tell that this would be a surefire kind of proof that he is like bankable. Yes, to to, take, to, to make what twenty four times its budget. Oh
3: well, yes, I, th- I think this is the third in a string of. I'm going to say hits. I'm just going to check more just to check that it did actually make money. <laughs> but Clerks, right. certainly, or Clerks. Um, oh, no, it didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Clerks was such a big thing that it got people talking. And Smith yeah. has been very open because if there's one thing Kevin Smith is, he's he's built up this cult audience for himself um, yeah. because he did very much rely on a kind of inbuilt audience um, in his early... Well, hence the recurring characters. Hence the recurring characters, but also the kind of, you know, just the fact that in addition to making films off the basis of, like, maxing out as many credit cards as he could get cleared for, <laughs> um, right. he was also himself dabbling in comics. And, you know, ultimately... the The interesting thing about Affleck... With regards to this, because we do actually see a cameo role uh, where you've got Matt Damon. And yes, one as executive, an executive, and the other executive is the guy who played for leading clerks, as well. Nice. But at the time, Affleck, he was a jobbing actor. This came out the same year as uh, Goodwill Hunting did. Oh god. Um, So at the time, it was just a case of he was a jobbing actor. He'd been in Mallrats, as I said. And obviously, he and Smith developed a friendship. Affleck plays the lead in this movie. And yes, the character is very problematic, but he's written to be problematic on the basis that it's kind of Kevin Smith's mea culpa to Joey Lauren Adams, who, you know, also is the female lead of the film. Um, mm. yeah, probably wouldn't have been paid a lot, because as you say, budget of $250,000. Um, but this is a film that sh- she's forever gonna be remembered for. Um, because yeah. she didn't do a lot of acting afterwards, mm-hmm. or at least nothing quite as high profile. This is high profile solely on the basis of who's involved. Uh, yeah i guess so um smith and it's retroactively high profile yeah, yeah. um uh, but then uh, again it's an early career milestone for affleck uh and indeed jason lee um mm-hmm. because lee was kind of one of the co-leads of uh Mallrats, if if okay. memory serves i'll just double check that very quickly but basically lee yes he's he's because <laughs> i don't think very well of Uh, more rats. um (laughs) i forget that he was the lead (laughs) character um and indeed uh j lauren adams was in it but that that shouldn't be t surprising if she was going out with smith at the time um but um i i think people forget that he started out out life as a a pro skateboarder what kevin smith Uh, jason lee really Ah. well i say people forget you didn't know
4: I didn't even okay. know.
3: Yeah, uh, Jason Lee was a pro skater until about 94, I think, something like that. Ah, oh,
4: Imagine being a, a pro skater before any Tony Hawk well, games that's the bit came he out. He would have been a
3: contemporary of Tony yeah. Hawk uh, and such, like but called it quits before the, the kind of skateboarding resurgence of the late 90s oh. and Jackass and everything. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm sure his pocketbook isn't hurting too much because. Um,
4: well, he was in Alvin and the Chipmunks.
3: <laughs> yes, a, a career milestone.
4: And the squeak wall, then, um, and the the furcation. But obviously,
3: uh, he's best known for My Name Is Earl, which was yes eight years later. I think two, I think it was around two thousand and five. And the guy who played his brother Randy uh, has an appearance in this. Film oh yes, with, uh, a fan at the conventions
4: at uh, the uh, book ending yeah, the whole film and uh, both of them Scientologists yeah. oh well, fuck right. you to go and spoil but it but I even will more. say
3: that uh, one of the people um, giving um, uh, Jason Lee shit at the beginning of the film uh, is not only Kevin Smith's produci- uh, producing. <laughs> producing producing <laughs> uh, he's very, very um, not only uh, the production partner of Kevin Smith Scott Mosier uh, but also uh, Affleck's brother Casey. Oh, when they were talking about tracers.
4: Right. Do you um, remember that
3: scene? No. It's like, oh, Inca, they're just a tracer, aren't they? You tracer, you goddamn tracer. It's the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> Casey Affleck, Ben's brother, got a Best Actor Oscar.
4: Yes, for... Is it for Manchester by sea?
3: I believe so.
4: Uh.
3: And nary a mention of the Smiths to be had. <laughs> we might talk about Casey later on. Okay. Um, I don't know a lot about the guy, for being honest. Fair enough. Uh, apart from the fact that uh, <laughs> his brother-in-law, not on Affleck's side, but from when he was married, uh, he got divorced about six years ago, but um, his brother-in-law... ...was uh, one meme of the podcast. What? He used to be the brother-in-law as he was married to the sister of... ...Whackin' Phoenix.
4: Oh, for fuck's sake, Whackin' Bottom?
3: That's the one. Jesus.
4: So, one. time of recording, me and Kel just did um, uh, an episode of Part of Your World about Brother Bear.
3: Oh, right. Uh, and, with with Whacking Whackin Bottom.
4: Bottom. Uh, Double dings there. And uh, Christian's assured me that he has faithfully put in a ding after every mention of bottom, Um, Because, you know, of course. God. As well he should. As well he should, I suppose.
3: How many times did you mention
4: him? Well, he was the main part in the film.
3: (laughs) But surely you you just used the character name. Sometimes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It finishes with me and Kel having an argument, so uh, that's always fun. Oh, no, It was it was it was fine. It was okay. about the shaman woman character, but you've got to listen in to I've fine never girls. seen
3: Brother Bear, so Have I mean, well, you
4: not? Well no. neither had I. <laughs> um, and Kel has. Kel has. Uh and Kel liked it a lot. There's a bit that made both of me and Kel cry, but Christian didn't care for it too much. But again, you'll have to listen in. That's part of your world. An Earth 2 original. Lovely stuff. <laughs>
3: Um, So, with regards to Chasing Amy... Yes. So, I I know you've said you've seen other Smith things, and you've seen Silent Bob. Yeah. You were aware that Kevin Smith is Silent Bob. Yes, I was. So... And and I am. What do you think of the fact that, for all of the misguided messaging of the film, Mm. the kind of bit that best explains why lead character as played by Affleck is such a dick is a kind of monologue that Kevin Smith actually recites.
4: The Chasing Amy yes. thing yeah, about, yeah. But explain I the mean,
3: title.
4: yes, indeed, and and the comic at the end. I think it's a case of a sort of indulgence on Smith's part um well a huge indulgence on Smith's parts to have a, a character known as Silent Bob and this is the moment where he speaks and imparts his wisdom and he is that called is out by
3: how the Jane Silent Bob trio work <laughs> in <laughs> Trio. Well, trio. Yeah. Sorry.
4: Um What? Yeah, no I know. He's called Silent Bob. Yes. So like he doesn't say anything and then he only comes out at the time and Jay does say about like oh this Motherfucker, and he doesn't say anything, and then it's meant to sound all wisdomous and shit and whatever. And, it's because you
3: know. Jay speaks so much oh, and good says fuck all. Yeah, and, and that's it's quite probably a horrible because character. Jason muse was born on the twelfth of June.
4: Oh no! What a horrible day to be born and speak nothing but irre- <laughs> irredeemable bullshit. I think
3: that's a bit harsh on Denny. Uh, Still, oh
4: snap! Walked right into my (laughs) trap. I did. (laughs) Damn it! Damn it! You spider! You joke spider! I am a fly in the joke spider. Um, no, I, I, I don't. Still didn't kind of get too much out of it because they're not huge things for me. It and was you know, a cameo. If, if film. It's a cameo, but they are a big thing of it because they are kind of who the the, the comic <laughs> um, is is sort of based and on. And guys whole... like
3: you find out about image rights. <laughs> that yeah. was a good
4: joke. Yeah, yeah fair enough. But like, I, the fact that Jay goes on for all sorts of long periods of bullshit, and then there's this wisest thing, which is then slapped down by the same kind of bullshit artist. Okay, I don't, I don't like get it. Something. I don't appreciate it, no. I don't find them funny. But then I'm not, you know, a, a kind of Gen X uh, American <laughs> guy who's raised with Gen clerks. X. Kevin's yeah.
3: these
4: kind of things. Definitely. Yeah. Huh, yeah.
3: Groovy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> But i th-
4: so i 'm taking it at face value and again through twenty twenty three I someone born in one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight i 'm watching this and thinking this is this is awful <laughs> it's, but in terms of in terms of a message yeah, yeah. in terms of trying to, i mean I, I give it credit for trying to do a, a sort of message which and it is kind of trying to challenge some of the social norms, but then it like I said, it enforces them and it kind of takes away from itself. Yeah. And they're they're trying to spin all sorts of wisdomous crap, but at the end of the day, it's kind of it all falls away because Ben Affleck is so hunky that the lesbian falls for him, and you know everything they say about lesbian people is kind of true, um, to the point of you know she is kind of ostracized when she finds out when she tells her her lesbian friends that she's dating a guy, and yeah, that
3: yeah. was. A big kind of black mark in my book.
1: Yeah.
4: Because... I don't like films that kind of... I don't like things that with this is the norm, this is the way, in a kind of Mandalorian way. This, this is how it should be. Or this is how things are. And yes, it is trying to challenge that, but it doesn't, like, advance it. So it kind of feels like a bit of a waste I of time to me.
3: a very clumsy way of getting mm. over the criticism... Of the film that a, a good dicking can turn a lesbian straight.
4: Yeah.
3: Which, I mean, it's a terrible mm. message to begin with. It's not the one that I think Smith was going for. But at the same no, time. No, but it's what came across. Yeah, it, it kind of just permeated. And mm. then, as soon as it it's clear that. There is a definite chemistry between the two characters. This guy can't... It's going to just destroy the relationship off his own back, not appreciating Mm. how difficult it was for her to get into this relationship on the basis that he can't get over the kind of sexual past of his, his partner. Because... Yeah. I speak as someone who hasn't had a partner for quite a long time, but... I think it would probably play on the back of my mind. At the same time, I'm in my late 30s. I can pretty much let it slide. I'd like to think. <laughs> um poor choice of words. It's just, I mean, because I, when I first saw the film, I was around the same age that Smith was when he made it. Oh wow! Um, and. I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember how I felt watching it at the time. Apart from the fact, I know for a fact I'm more troubled by it on this viewing than I was 12 years ago. And again, I think that's just, that's something that, that kind of comes with age. And I think that's something that's kind of prompted Smith to say, yeah, in hindsight, it was a bit of a, it was a perspective of a young man and I wouldn't have made the exact same film if I was making it today.
4: Yeah, and and props to him for that kind of... I don't mind, like, in retrospect, I, I'd like to look at this and kind of go, what's good about it, what's egregious about it, and then kind of work from there in terms of how the film yeah. is. But the, a film like... The, I mean, we we talked about the, the, the merits of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> this, this film doesn't have many merits for me. There's oh, not... I... A huge amount Honestly, going for Honestly, on it. my
3: flick chart, this one is below Pearl Harbour. Because Pearl yeah, Harbor I can believe it. at least has the action sequences.
4: It's a well-made bad <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> this is a poorly made bad <laughs> I the, the
3: thing is, I, I think it's more a kind of poorly made film on the basis that it doesn't know what it wants to say. Or it's kind yeah. of ham-fisted in how it's trying to say it. Mm. Um, but I think the acting's fine. Um, and it's just a case of some of the stuff that's being said, particularly from Jason Lee's character, is like really kind of teeth suckingly cringy. Yeah. Um, some of it, comedically so, but some of it is just outright hate speech. So,
4: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't think I laughed once. Which is a problem in something that's built as a romantic comedy drama. Do you think
3: anything about the kind of black power, gay comic creator, Hooper? No? No. Okay, let's leave that one alone. I mean,
4: I, I get the idea of, like, I've got to have this image to sell my comics. But then it goes on for far too long, and there is kind of an outwardly racist line that Jason Lee says, yes to his friends, slash contemporary... Um, because they've got this kind of patois yeah. between them. But I just found it really that's awkward. Um, I would like to say, though, that um, this is not the only outing of um, the, the character Holden this McNeil. Good, because Jay and Silent Bob have their own film.
3: <laughs> Jay and Silent Bog. Yippee. Bog. Silent Bog, that's the one. <laughs> Silent Bog, it may as well be <laughs> Silent Bob Silent Again, I watched that as part of the the run that I did. Yeah. It's actually very entertaining. <laughs> but Okay and I dare say it would be true if I were to rewatch it today. You need to have watched all the films that came beforehand. It's a kind of best of kind of Kevin Smith kind of thing.
4: Are Kevin Smith films the original MC? <laughs> they
3: are the viewers of the universe. <laughs> So all of the films are connected by Jay and Silent Bob up until the (sighs) point where they don't actually appear, which I believe is the case of Jersey Girl, which is one thing that makes that film kind of interesting. But at the same time, uh, Jersey Girl has its own problems. Uh, But again, it's Ben Affleck in the lead role. At the time, with his... uh, then girlfriend, future wife Jennifer Lopez, and uh, George Carlin plays his dad. Basically, um, Affleck and J-Lo are married, Lopez dies in childbirth, so he has to raise the daughter with the help of his dad, and uh, falls for the nanny Liv Tyler. And we did Smash not cover you. it for Live Tyler month because I didn't feel like it. safe. So. although <laughs> in that we covered the strangers, I rewatched Jersey Girl in a heartbeat. So there we go. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was chasing Amy. Yeah, um, I think B- it would be, be interesting if we did other Kevin Smith films. Um, oh really? I don't know exactly how we we work around it, but ho ho
4: ho Christmas episodes. <laughs>
3: well, not this Christmas. No. I'm glad, if nothing else, we've we've got an entry of uh, his uh, filmography on the books. Yes, because, quite right. Because, if nothing else, it is important to telling the story of the growth of uh, Ben Affleck's career.
4: I suppose so. It's a, a good stepping stone for somebody... I think this is his second leading performance... Yeah. Um, and you know it made a lot of money. And you know the very next year he was then in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Or uh, the very Goodwill same year. Hunting stuff. The, the very, same same year, very same year. Sorry. Year. Um, and then um, Shakespeare in Love yeah. and Armageddon. Well,
3: exactly. It just you know uh, the unstoppable rise. Quite until it stopped. Uh, <laughs> so um, we're going to uh, jump forwards beyond the stopping of the unstoppable rise. <laughs> Good Uh, uh, We're going to go to the fated year of 2012 Mm. The last year Britain was truly great Absolutely And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ben Affleck's little indie flick
1: Argo
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actions of Iran have shocked the civilised world everything our embassy has been seized and more than 60 american citizens continue to be held as hostages if we're going to go then we need to go now
2: what happened six of the hostages went out a back exit where are they the canadian ambassador's
0: house
2: got revolutionary guards going door to door these people
0: die they die badly white house who wants the six of them out
2: What we like for this are bicycles.
0: Deliver the six bikes, provide them with maps. Or you could just send in training wheels and meet them at the border with Gatorade. It's gonna take a miracle to get them out. Buddy man,
2: what are we watching? I got an idea. They're a Canadian film crew for a science fiction movie. I fly into Tehran. We all fly out together as a film crew. I need you to help me make a
0: fake movie. So you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot without actually doing anything?
2: yeah it'll fit right in We need a script Argo science fantasy adventure Moonscape, Mars desert We need an exotic location to shoot you need a producer
0: if I'm doing a fake movie it's gonna be a fake hit you don't have a better bad idea than this
2: this is the best bad idea we have sir by far
0: you have 72 hours to get them out
2: they're getting a visitor you gotten people out this way before no.
0: You're asking us to trust you with our lives. This is what I do, and I've never left anyone behind. I know who they are, and they know they're hiding out. It's over, Tony. If they stay here, they will be taken. Probably not alive. We're responsible for these
1: people.
0: I'm responsible. You really believe your little story is going to make a difference when there's a gun to our heads? I think my little story is the only thing between you and a gun to your head.
3: Argo is a 2012 American historical drama film uh, directed and starring Ben Affleck. Baffleck. There are other actors such as Brian Cranston, Alan Arkin and John Goodman. John Goodman alerts. That's right. It tells the story about how the Iranian hostage crisis was really rather bad, but (laughs) at the very least six people got out of the embassy beforehand and uh, America could at the very least extract them. Hooray. That isn't a spoiler, that's history. (laughs) <laughs> but it's a true story. they make it totally. tense for two hours, so good yeah. on that. And uh, Affleck plays the guy at the CIA who is central to getting them out by means of recruiting some Hollywood types to uh, kind of concoct a fake Hollywood film of which the people that they are rescuing will pose as canadian film scouts or mm. at least film crew uh the film doesn't give due to uh how central canada was to actually helping in this but hey it's hollywood uh so there we go <laughs> um so, also
4: dissing england and new zealand in the process uh, very
3: briefly so this is my first time watching
4: argo what about you brother and, and me as well i've never seen it before and I went into it fairly cold, obviously knowing that Affleck won the Oscar for Best Director for this film. Yes. Ooh. And I was maybe a little bit kind of hesitant about, you know, he's the lead actor, he's the director, how much is this going to be, you know, the Ben Affleck show, but I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. I found it very tense. I found it really well made. I liked the, the kind of period costume and how it looked was brilliant. Um, It explains the nuances and the politics very well. I know in reading that it did kind of do away with a lot of the historical accuracies, which we've we've taken Pearl Harbor to task force. It's only fair we take Argo to task force as well. But um, he has come out and kind of explains his kind of directorial choices. And ultimately, ultimately if you do take it as a kind of standalone story that is inspired by history, not the be-all and end-all, I found it gripping uh, and and well-made, sounded great and looked great, and some really, really well-done performances by everybody on the cast. I mean, I think this is the best I've seen John Goodman acting, uh, (laughs) even in his limited role, um, because he's kind of playing uh, a certain type, but he's also kind of acting dramatically as well it's so interesting to see kind of nuanced roles from people you expect to see you know shouting yabba dabba too um <laughs> when, when he's fred flintstone obviously yeah, well, yes. but um i
3: didn't think you were yeah. talking about his roseanne sitcom uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh yeah so um i i super enjoyed it uh what about you
3: i super enjoyed it too brother oh great yeah It was a very good showing of um, Affleck knowing what he can do. Yeah. Because this came in a period of time where he was getting a bit more into the production side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, He'd had some great success with a heist film two years earlier called The Town, which was set in his native Boston. Boston. It was something that was considered for this particular uh, episode, but we decided to go with Argo because it won the Oscar. Indeedy doodles for Affleck as a director in his own rights, and we'll mm. touch on it later. He's not won a an Oscar for acting, and um, <laughs> there's something to be said for that. But mm. he has won Oscars for Best Director, uh, Best. Uh, oh, now <laughs> I'll, I'll correct myself. This won for Best Picture. I think he was nominated for Best Director. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Oh, did I get it wrong? My bad. He was not nominated for Director, and a lot of people said that uh, he was robbed for that. Ah. But, yes, it won for Best Picture, which you can attribute to Affleck, because he was a producer. Okay. And, you know, ostensibly... Um, Affleck, it, <laughs> so it was covered in Entertainment Weekly, the home of serious American journalism. <laughs> Standing in the Golden Globe press room with his directing trophy, Affleck acknowledged that it was frustrating not to get an Oscar nod when many felt he deserved one. But he's keeping a sense of humour. I mean, I also didn't get the acting nomination, he pointed out, and no one's saying I got snubbed there. So ha, it's, ha, you know, ha. the... He he can laugh at himself with regards to that.
4: I've I've looked back at his uh, awards. I think I'm getting confused with the BAFTA because he
3: did win the... the He's won awards for directing for this film, just not not the Oscar. Yes. Not the Oscar, no. Um, And it is, you know, he he was the lead role with regards to this film. And yet... I say and yet, because I don't think any of the films we've covered today have had him monopolising screen time
4: no and that's something you have to kind of be aware of when you've got the lead actor as the director how much of a vanity project is this um but no he's quite um selfless is the wrong word he he shares the limelight adequately with his uh with his fellow actors and you know tells the story in the right way yes he is the lead actor but it's not all about him
3: No, he's the protagonist who drives through the plot of the film. But Mm. at the same time, even before he lands in Iran, there are plenty of sequences showing the embassy staff escaping from the embassy as it gets taken over. Mm. And with them sheltered in the home of uh, Victor Garber um, Mm. from... uh, you you'll know him best from Legally Blonde as the sleazy professor. Yes,
4: and in Titanic as the shipbuilder. He was
3: also the ship architect in uh, Titanic and uh, people might also know him from The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow as Maybe. one half of Firestorm and oh. uh, many more. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually apparently he was uh, the originator of Anthony in Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Well, I'll be. Quite so. What a rich and varied career. A rich and varied career indeed. Will we do a Victor Garber month? Probably not. He's not <laughs> A-list enough. So take that. We'll do an Evangeline Lilly month, but not a Victor Garber. <laughs> so, I, again, from a historical point of view, I don't know very much about the Iranian embassy crisis Apart from the fact I know it did for the Carter administration. Um, oh, really? It was not handled particularly well, the Iran hostage crisis, and basically a lot of people saw it as the reason why Carter only served as one term ah. and ceded power to uh, Ronald Reagan. Oh, no. And for 1980s, is history. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, the movie star? Exactly. But it was a very interesting look of a kind of side story to the kind of main crisis that was in the news all the time. Mm. This was a very much micromanaged mission, but still one plagued with difficulty uh, and logistics and... um, it kept you going right up to the end until you remember, ah, it was a success. So,
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is hanging over you, but, you know. But I guess that's to the film's credit that you are still kind of genuinely tense and anxious about what's going to happen. And uh, and when they say about you can now have your alcoholic beverages. I was like, oh, <laughs> thank goodness for that. We're all good.
3: The um, cause of and solution to all of my films. But, um yeah, it wasn't literally until the plane took off from the runway that you're just like, oh, thank God. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and even then they're following it with guns. So well, know. exactly.
3: But well, that's whilst they're on the runway. It's not literally until the wheels actually leave. Right. But you're just like, ah, it's going to be fine then, isn't it? Everything isn't it? Is good. Check, it, check your history book. <laughs> ah, everything was fine. Yeah. Thank God.
4: It's fine, it's good. So, let's, let's talk more about his acting, because he mm. his lead role, he's playing uh, the real-life Tony Mendes, yes. a Secret Service guy, and he's kind of portrayed as a sort of, um, well, he's an unlikely hero figure in some ways, because the first, the first shot you see of him, he is a bit of a down-and-out, but he is ultimately kind of revered among his peers fairly instantaneously, um and kind of is the one in the room, kind of suggesting or shooting down the ideas for no, that's not going to work because. Yeah. Um. So he, he, as the character Tony Mendez, you get a quick sense of this is someone who knows his onions, has got a bit of a troubled kind of um personal life, but a safe pair of hands going forward. Yeah. And throughout the film, the the character has to be sort of stoic. In order, because it's his job, and he's got to try and kind of convince people that, you know, do this and you'll be fine, this is what I do. But there are emotional nuances to him as well, and little kind of nods about this isn't going to work, or this is really difficult, but I can't let other people show, or trying to be the strong one. And in that way, this is the first film we've seen where it's not Ben Affleck is a hunky man. Ben Affleck is awesome at everything. It's more like Ben Affleck plays a skilled CIA operative. Yes. And in many ways, yes, he is a kind of, wow, he's amazing. He can do anything. He's going to save them. He's a hero, like the other films. But there is nuance to him, and he he is not a one-note
3: protagonist. No. No. It's, It's a shame that he is someone who's very capable at his job and therefore he's someone you can trust with helming what is as the movie is at great pains to point out on several occasions a very outlandish scheme yeah coming up with a fake kind of hollywood cover Mm. to uh, justify not only his presence in there but also giving cover stories to the agents and Again, it's something that could have failed at any time and very nearly does what with the spies within the residence of uh, the Canadian ambassador. Uh, then there's also people putting together the shreddings yes. of uh, what was uh, destroyed in the Iranian embassy. Mm. And then there's also the great undercurrent of danger throughout not just with the way that the Iranians are framed, which I could see as being a bit sensitive, but, you know, it, it's got to get across the danger that these people were in. yeah. And then also the fact that you get to see people executed in the yes. film. Yes. Like, hanging bodies, and there's like a fake... Um, there's a fake-out
4: shooting, isn't Yeah. There? All marched in, they're all lined up, and then click. Because
3: it reminded me hang on, the Iranian hostage crisis was a disaster for America. <laughs> what am I actually watching here and then uh, find out this is a kind of side quest? Um, yes. Which America could, at the very least, feel good about, even though it was mainly spearheaded by Canada with some mm. CIA assistance from. Tony Mendes, to give him his full credit. Uh-huh. But the Victor Garber character had far more agency than the film actually made out. Something
4: that interests me about this, and there are valid criticisms to be made um, about you know the, the fictionalisation of certain true events, but there was something that came out in 2016 about um, how the CIA's public relations arm was involved in the production. Right. So... You read that and you think, well, they clearly want to kind of justify or to kind of put forward the idea of, yes, and the CIA did everything right. (laughs) That does kind of doubt it a little bit. But again, if you kind of ignore the the factual reality and you kind of take it face value, which I tend to do or try to do wherever I can, I I didn't mind that. And I think it was a very well-told story. And you touched on Iran being portrayed in a certain way and again sensitivities and all that but the sense of danger was always there in iran whether it's the soundtrack or the the kind of the crowds or just the kind of the sort of bleakness it seemed like a sort of um anti happy place and i think it does a good job of the entire opening kind of sequence where it talks about the history of the situation about how there was a regime and, you know, there were undertrodden people and then he was ousted and people were rightly angry that he was kind of not held accountable, um, that the original leader and hence why people were really, really, really cross and cut to the siege of the embassy. And that whole sequence is terrifying. Um, it reminded me of kind of like a zombie film in sort of ways that there's like a big crowd of people who are gathered en masse and their anger is not abating; it's rising, and people are inside feeling scared, feeling worried. What are we going to do? And you know, it's it's when people start breaking through that then oh shit, we've got to get out of here. Um, there's that kind of creeping sensation of you know justice quote unquote is coming, uh, or, or the threat is coming. It's always being pursued whether it's kind of right at the beginning where there's lots of people or they're trying to find the six ambassadors or the six workers um somewhere around iran they're always on the the look there's no feeling of ease um anytime they cut to iran Um, that being said uh, or in contrast to that rather in Hollywood, everything's lovely, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the soundtrack is completely different, and it's hopeful, and it's optimistic, and it's full of contemporary hits of the day as they kind of go across the glitzy, glamorous, fake production of Argo, and tonally, it works really well to kind of tell... this often, it's sometimes, a very humorous story of outfoxing an, en- <laughs> an entire country, or the... The um certain areas of a of a country by pretending that it's it's Hollywood doing its its thing. Actually, it's C- uh, Canada being part of a big production of something. And oh. but
3: definitely not Britain and New Zealand. No, you no. weren't involved as well. There's, like, one line. It is literally one line that caused a lot of problems.
4: Like, they, they can't go to Britain, or, like, England and New Zealand have rejected them, so it's all down to Canada. Okay, very, Whereas very quickly actually, yeah. on this
3: point. Again, I, I speak only as the historian, but, again, I, I knew fuck all about this until I read Wikipedia two minutes ago. Um, <laughs> the people involved did actually first uh, host uh, they were hosted by the British um, yeah. but it was uh, determined that the embassy in Britain was too risky because the Iranians were um, kind of uh, turning their attention to Britain as well because the whole reason for the uprising is American America taking uh, refuge the previous leader of Iran which is all Very well explained in the opening minutes of the film, Mm. uh, of the Iranian revolution and everything. Um, And New Zealand uh, had uh, offered them uh, an alternative place to stay if they needed to change their location. The film does not make mention of this. um, And this has pissed off a lot of people in uh Britain and New Zealand which Affleck has acknowledged and says you know it it, it we we don't mean to diminish anyone u571 um and <laughs> <laughs> um and it actually New Zealand long before the days of Jacinda Ar- Ardern uh, mm-hmm. this was when they were under their crazed Winston Peters kind of listening uh phase with uh New Zealand first leader Winston Peters, they uh, censured Affleck in their House of Representatives. As a result, of <laughs> Argo. So oh, wow, uh,
4: they're proper pierced. Yeah, they would not have a boy. Indeed,
3: indeed. But uh, lot mm. everyone who actually made the film acknowledged that Britain, and New Zealand, did not uh, reject these people. It was just no, stream- but for the sake of it storytelling. Was streamlined for the sake of storytelling and I mean, the, the line that, that, that they came... used was very clumsy
4: yeah it's something they kind of addressed with hamilton um about how there are certain liberties taken with the historical accuracies but they've got that the makers of the art have got like a couple of hours to hold your attention and to entertain you and tell a story so they can't get too bogged down in making sure it's absolutely perfect.
3: And if Ridley Please. Scott had just said this, people would not be so pissed off with him about Napoleon. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so howe? I don't know what the fucking problem is like.
3: Were you there at the time, historian? No. Howe, mon? Howe?
4: Howe? So who's to say that Napoleon did not fire a cannon straight <laughs> to <at> the pyramid? <laughs> You don't know it,
3: yeah. Oh no, Ridley, yeah, crazy. Oh boy. Ridley, damn, quite. Um, <laughs> old grey mare, she had what she's doing. <laughs> That's Ridley Scott. <laughs> I mean,
4: Sorry. yes, Led Zeppelin is in this film as well. Yes, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, when the levee breaks. Yeah, it. and it's a kind of it's a really good way of kind of tying together the. The drama that's coming with um, the kind of appreciation for Western culture and oh, it, it, it fits really well. I do like it when they seamlessly fit in a Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> Isn't just that cause... just
3: after the mission's been called off?
4: Yeah, but they don't know that.
3: I know, I know, they don't know that. But, um, it's, yeah. yeah, you've also got "Sultans of Swing" by Dire Straits. Yeah, some Rolling Stones and some Van Halen.
4: When I was in a band, one of our first gigs was just as, as a pub, and it wasn't very well attended. It was like an afternoon slot, and they just had some speakers outside. And somebody was like, hey, can you do Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits? And I was like, no, <laughs> we literally can't, because, uh, you know, it's a very well put together song with some amazing guitar solos. Which I hadn't learned. I'm a 19-year-old twerp. Uh, but that's by the by. Oh. Um what else? I think um it's always nice to see Brian Cranston in a film.
3: This was during his uh uh breaking bad pomp.
4: Doing his breaking bad pomp. You have still not seen breaking I bad have you? I have not, no. Oh why I.
3: But with you getting back into Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Your chance is coming. Huzzah. Uh, you won't watch it, probably not. I haven't started yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, but that's the thing because everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, watch Game of Thrones. Go watch Game of Thrones." And then the last season is just like, "At ah, no, never watch Game of Thrones." Well, you don't want to leave. You don't want to live with the disappointment.
4: No. It's so frustrating when it's so good, so good, so good.
3: Oh, God, really? i I sent you pictures of the Game of Thrones tapestry from Belfast and everything. <laughs> and purposely not read through it to avoid spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Ho-hum. Oh, well. All I really nice. know is what happened to the White Walkers all of a sudden. Then, then yeah. But I don't know what that means. Uh, so, yeah. Well... No, I don't care. They were
4: um, built up for many seasons they were. and then they were dealt with in one episode. One episode?
3: Yeah. Wow, WWE don't fuck up that badly. <laughs> Usually. Um, mm. And you've mentioned John Goodman, uh, Alan Arkin. Yes. As the Hollywood producer. What a role. Really chewing yeah. out Tom from Tom and Jerry, the movie. What? Richard Kind. Wow, was the voice of Tom from Tom and Jerry the movie? Now that is niche. What the fuck did you get? That's that from? all I know Richard Kind from. It's not all I know Richard Kind from. It's not even in the credits. You've also got Hercules, what? Um, Tate Donovan, who played um, the older, the the kind of oldest guy who was being shipped out. Who like posters yeah. as the director. Yeah. Tate Donovan voiced Hercules in Disney's Hercules. No, He was also Joshua from Friends because oh, yeah. at the time he was dating Jennifer Aniston. I will find my way. I can go the distance. Well, that was young Hercules, so before it became Tate Donovan. Oh, good point. Yeah. okay. Uh, Claire Duval was also one of the hostages. She's from the Final Destination franchise. Right. Uh, You have um, the guy who the Joker presses glass up to his neck with in there. Keith Swadger. You've also got the evil prison warden from the Shawshank Redemption, Bob Gunton. Oh, yes. He's there for a very short period of time. Correct. Playing an actual real life secretary of state. Wow. No, me neither. (laughs) But uh, there you go. Look, all, all the done? stars.
4: So. And they, they're they under great pains to kind of show, look, this is how faithful we've been to certain historical accurate um uh, details. Yes. Like at the end in the credits, they have like the real ID versus the actor in their costume. To kind of, look, this is how realistic and faithful. And they've gone to the point of going, well, let's get Bob Gunton in to do one scene <laughs> as somebody. And then, yeah, it it does ring a bit untrue to kind of show the historical accuracy and then be very historically inaccurate. But, Bloody uh, hell, he's still alive. What, Bob Gunton? Yeah, he's eternal. <laughs> I mean, he's seventy-eight, but he's seventy-eight. He's not going anywhere. True enough. He was in um, Ghostbusters. No, he wasn't. Afterlife.
3: No, I've not seen that one. Yeah.
4: And I need to see that one because
3: um, they've got a new one coming out with James A. Castor in Okay, that trailer looks shit. What? It, oh, oh, lots of ice is forming. Ooh. This sounds, this seems it's like got Ghostbusters, all the Ghostbusters to me. Ghostbusters are still alive. Yeah. It's got, it's got Winston. I bet it doesn't. It does. Okay, you might have seen a different trailer. But, it does. Yeah. He's in it. It's got Dan
4: Ackroyd. It's got Bill Murray. Yeah. It's got um, Ernie Hudson.
3: Okay.
4: It's got them all. It's got James Okay, Acastle I'm not as watching. Well.
3: It. Um, and Finn Wolf Hart. Yeah, uh, yeah, there we go. There. We, I, that's the reason. Because Stranger no, Things has taken over fucking Ghostbusters. Ooh, shudder. Well... <laughs> anyway. Uh, Argo. Anything more to say about Argo?
4: I like Argo. Budget:
3: $44.5 million.
4: Dollary-doos. Uh, it's
3: not Australian. Uh, it's an a box office of £232 million. So, financially wow. very successful. And we probably said this before, but uh, critically, hugely acclaimed. Mm. Um, you know, you can get Oscars without being critically acclaimed, but uh, this <laughs> one was very well received. And um, I think a very good film. Yeah, very, very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Lovely stuff. Right, uh, well, we'll uh, drop in a clip from Argo. Fuck yourself. Uh, and then <laughs> sorry, you need to see the film. <laughs> yes, in fact, yeah. I'll, you, you I'll probably need that, to see, I'll, I'll need to put in a clip to explain what I just said. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, very controversial career That is to say, people are very split on him. Uh, Ben Mm. Affleck. Yes.
2: Aliens and robots? Yes, sir. You're telling me that there is a movie company in Hollywood right now that is funded by the CIA? Yes, sir.
0: What's wrong with the bikes again? We tried to get the message upstairs. You
2: think... You think this is more plausible than teachers? Yes,
0: we do. One, there are no more foreign teachers in
2: Iran. And we think everybody knows Hollywood people. And everybody knows they'd shoot in Stalingrad with Paul Pot directing if it would sell tickets. There are only bad options. It's about finding the best one. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This
0: is the best bad idea we have, sir. By far.
2: The United States government has just sanctioned your science fiction movie. Thank you, sir.
0: you are detained, the agency will not claim you. Barely claim me as it is. You are in case of Scoot. She's Christine. Should have brought some books to read, in prison.
2: Nah.
3: They'll kill
0: you long before prison. Thanks for the ride. Yeah.
3: So, Ben Affleck... Shut it, Ian. I want you to stop.
4: Uh... (laughs) Sorry. I just wanted to do that line from uh, day to day. You carry on. I see. (laughs) You can start again if you want.
3: When did you first become aware of Ben Affleck? Oh, we're still
4: going on. Um, Yes. (laughs) uh, as, As a person, as a thing, I don't think it was until that... A Family Guy joke about how Ben Affleck and Matt Damon <laughs> wrote Goodwill Hunting together, and he was the the studious one, and Ben Affleck was the the stoner. Yeah. Um,
3: that I kind of realized, basically oh. farted and said that's my contribution to Goodwill Hunting. Quite right. Yeah. Yeah. Which may be fairly unfair. I I've got to say, know. Seth MacFarlane has a nerve. <laughs> Talk about plagiarism. Mm. Yeah. Well. um,
4: but yeah, I had seen him in some things and probably knew him from around, um because he became a kind of a Hollywood A-lister, or certainly a leading man, about the time that I was starting to kind of understand movies and, yeah. uh, and actors, so his name would have been all around the place uh, in various different places. But yeah, if we go back to the very beginning of his career, he's got some uncredited early roles, but his first credited role was a, school- a film called School Ties. Which is obviously about um, buying uh, school equipment for children. It uh, starred Brendan Fraser and Matt Damon, with oh, also right. uh, Robin as well.
3: Chris O'Donnell. Chris yes.
4: O'Donnell. Yeah, there he is. What? What? What was his character name? His what? Chris O'Donnell's character name? No, Ben Affleck's. Ben Affleck's uh, name in that film was Chesty Smith, <laughs> uh, who was Magoo's roommate and bodyguard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's by the by. Um then he had some other things. We've obviously talked about uh More Rats, uh where he had a big kind of outing in and around there. He, he then had uh, his first starring role in a film called Glory Days in nineteen ninety five, um with contemporary Sam Rockwell, uh and also featured Jonathan Reese Davis. Give me Brexit <laughs> uh, you know, Launching story. into the question time audience. <laughs> Quite right, yes. Um, but there he is, but also Matt Damon and Brendan Fraser. Oh, hello. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, they're kind of in there. Oh no. Yes. 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 Um, then chasing Amy and goodwill hunting. So 1997, a banner a year for him. Um, in terms of, you know, a lot, a lot of money and a lot of acclaim in so forms of chasing Amy, making a big investment and goodwill hunting being a good thing. We um, should, um,
3: very briefly say, this is a, a bit of a spoiler as to mm. our Matt Damon choices, but we are covering Goodwill Hunting next month, yes. so we'll we'll talk more about that properly. But we're not glossing over the fact that he wrote it, <laughs> he was one of the lead actors, and for the screenplay, him and Damon won an Oscar. Indeed. So it was a huge springboard uh, into Hollywood for them. Yeah, and we'll come back to it again next month. We um, sure will. But
4: under that point, he's now kind of steamrolling ahead. He was in last month's pick, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Uh, with his little pathetic moustache, uh, he was also his, his f-
3: weird goatee, a yeah. weird
4: little goatee. Yeah, very odd for the 14th century, 15th, no, for- 16th century. Thank you. Uh, he was also in a film called Phantoms, which I'm uh, aware that you wanted to briefly mention, brother. He
3: Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Aha. Uh-huh. That's a Kevin Smith joke.
4: It's oh, it's as, as funny as chasing Amy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, uh, and then he was also in aforementioned Armageddon. Uh, yes, as, uh, Bruce Willis month. For Bruce Willis month, uh, and again he is the heartthrob, young romantic, leave the romancer of Liv Tyler. Um, and Shit! Was it
3: Liv Tyler month?
4: <laughs> oh, can't remember. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll check.
3: You you keep going.
4: Anyway, um, then 1999, Dogma is uh, another collaboration between him and Kevin Smith, where he plays an angel with Matt Damon. Yep. I think he's a bad guy in that film, he isn't is. he? Yeah, I remember very little about it. Uh, and then a film called Forces of Nature, which is the first of a string of rom coms, slash, just being top billed for a lot of different films. It was Live Title. Um, live tired of my him. bad. There you go. Good. Uh, so Forces of Nature, 200 Cigarettes, Bounce. They're all films where he's right at the top of the game. Um, reindeer games as well, where he uh, helps Santa to try and deliver presents around the world now, in uh, less than 12 hours. That
3: film was received very badly.
4: <laughs> Tell me why.
3: I, d- I, don't, because, I don't know um, why. The other actually. used to call him names. Um, it was him and former heart subject Shalise Ferron. Oh, no. And Gary Sinise. And Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah. From Muppets Most Wanted.
4: <laughs> Good night, Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> what fun. So, yeah, to the 2000s, 2001, so on. He is full on front and center leading man role, um, where he's either top build or in amongst some quite high profile names, um, leading to Pearl Harbor in 2001, big bombastic blockbuster. Leading man guy. Um he was a producer, his first producing credit in Stolen Summer, uh, a film he produced about a Catholic boy, uh, with Mike Weinberg in it. Yeah, me neither. Uh but yeah, he he started at trying to think about other things apart from directing and writing. Uh it's a film called Changing Lanes. He was an incarnation of Jack Ryan. He was in the Sum of All Fears. Yep taking over from a uh, previous last subject, Harrison Ford.
3: Yes. Have we done the Harrison Ford one? Uh No, not yet, but we should cover Patriot Games yes. in Sean Bean Month.
4: That's right. Uh, that was the sequel to Reindeer Games. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Reindeer, then Patriot, then Invictus. Harrison
3: Ford, he himself had inherited the Jack Ryan mantle from uh, Alec Baldwin.
4: Oh yes, yes. Ah, oh, there it is! Hooray! 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 Um, he was uh, another executive producer in a few different films in the early 2000s. Before he then took his first shake into the supermarket. No, <laughs> the super <laughs> well, the Dale superhero John. He played Aldi <laughs> in. uh He played um, the the second best incarnation of Matt Murdock on screen, um, in the film Daredevil, Mm -hmm. um, which was very well received or wasn't. I can't remember. Uh, But uh, I've I've, I've not not seen that film. You have though.
3: I mean, the thing is, um, the cinematic cut um, wasn't great, but it is one of the films where a director's cut was released. And I have that on uh, DVD. And And? it is uh, a lot better. Ah, okay. People involved were his uh, future wife, or future ex wife, uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, (laughs) Joey Pants, Mm. Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. Indeed. And uh, Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Bullseye.
4: Indeed. There he is. Um, Now, that very same year. What might be described as the, the the kind of decline, or the beginning of the decline ah, in his fortunes. Paycheck, <laughs> uh, where he played Mike... <laughs> no. Although he was with Aaron Eckhart and Uma Thurman in that film. So... Oh, and Michael C. Hall as well. Yeah, Dexter. Dexter, quite right. But uh, he famously starred in a film called Gigli. Yes. Uh,
3: with his
4: then-wife, or future-wife?
3: Future-wife, because they didn't get married at that time in their relationship, but they had a very high-profile yes, relationship right. that got mocked by everyone. Yes.
4: Mm. It was a very poorly received film uh, with Ben Affleck and Jennifer... Geely, not- Geely. He played Larry Gili. Mm. Uh I've not seen that film, surprisingly, have you?
2: I have a feeling
3: Jeff Lopez played a lesbian. <laughs> Which has oh, very no. big chasing Amy right? No,
4: he's not.
3: Oh, I'm God. just looking at it now because I've never seen uh, the film before. Yes, so oh, Jennifer God. Lopez plays a. <laughs> he hasn't learnt his lesson. Was it directed by Kevin Smith? No, some guy called Martin Brest.
4: <laughs> well, that's hilarious.
3: I know uh, it was also written and produced by him. Let me wow. just see how many other films he did. <laughs> Oh, shit, he did the original Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. And Midnight Run. Well. And Meet Joe Black. Well. So, Geely did for his career if it was the last film he ever directed. <laughs> <laughs> so, he died penniless. <laughs> oh, dear. Possibly, who knows? Well, well,
4: that could be... a. a that's not hilarious. Right, so... Jennifer Lopez on... month. Jennifer Lopez... Fuck off. <laughs> um... <laughs> We are not covering the music video to Jenny from the blog. <laughs> uh, Afer mentions Jersey Girl uh, in 2004 um, with the, the raising of somebody and there's George Carlin and blah, yes. blah, 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 yep. blah. Yes, indeed. Um, then he is in Clerks 2, uh, cameoing back in a Kevin Smith film in the whatever verse... <laughs> hilarious hilarious stuff and and some more kind of lead roles uh, into the late 2000s but he's now doing quite a lot of directing of things uh, and just writing he's starting to maybe take a bit of a step back uh, the town you mentioned actually uh, be-
3: before you get, jump to the town uh-huh. um, I just wanted to say the same year as uh, Clark's, T, Clark's right. T, uh was Hollywoodland which we did get a suggestion I believe from Christian Okay, um, which is a film that looks into the unexplained death/slash disappearance of George Reeves, who played Superman on television in the fifties. Oh, that's the guy that winking Superman that is, guy. That is Chris Johnson's go-to GIF <laughs> or emoji on Twitter. I'm not calling Chris J- Johnson unoriginal. But it is black and white. Ah. Um, <laughs> and it's his favourite Superman thing that doesn't involve the f- the film we covered for Richard Pryor month. Oh, Superman yeah. 3, Superman 3. In which he causes an oil spill in order to get laid. That's quite right. That is everything Chris Johnson offers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Sorry, that, yeah. that is a film that's very well received. And had I seen it, I might have put it forward for consideration. But uh, okay. I, I haven't. But after <laughs> a few years where he was getting lots of negative film write-ups, Gigli and Pearl Harbor and Paycheck, and, I mean Daredevil was right. received. This was a, a, around the time anything that he did, the Golden Raspberry Awards would basically nominate him. Okay. Um, which again, I
4: they like to pile on, don't they?
3: I like the idea of the Golden Raspberry Awards, but they they are quick for a pile on, mm. as you say. Bastardo. But he did, as you say, do a uh, start getting into uh, directing with uh, Gone Baby Gone, which he directed his brother as the lead role in Casey Affleck. There yes, and that was very well received. Yeah, from what I gather. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, the town we've kind of mentioned again. He directed and uh, has a starring role in, along with all your favourite stars: Pete Postlethwaite, oh yes, Rebecca Hall, uh, Hawkeye is there, John Hamm is there, uh, Chris Cooper. So you know, like character actors, basically. <laughs> um, and then uh, Argo in uh, 2012. Indeed, noodles. Um, I'll just say this one before uh, handing the baton back. Okay. Um, another film that we were very much encouraged to uh, consider was 2014's Gone Girl. Right. Which is a very well-known psychological thriller film as directed by uh, David Fincher. Who we talked about last month for Seven. And in our Brad Pitt episode, extensively. (laughs) Uh, This is one of the few films of David Fincher's Brad Pitt isn't in. Uh, But it's uh, Ben Affleck and uh, his uh, on-screen wife, Rosamund Pike. Your favourite. People would assume I've seen. Well, joke's on them. So, there we go. Uh, But yeah, from then on, 2016 onwards... um, He's portrayed a rather famous role. Yeah. Christian Wolf in The Accountant. <laughs> uh,
4: <Very laughs> taking the baton over from William Fitchner. <laughs> 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 no, he became Batfleck. Um, he did. He became Batman, so he started with Batman.
3: Bat, Master Affleck. <laughs>
4: Oh, it doesn't work this time. No. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. So, Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, Mm. which I watched and was thoroughly bored. Okay. Um, Apparently, it's meant to have aged better Mm. uh, than its initial release, and I have not thought I definitely want to go back and watch that,
3: because Jesus. When you watched it, uh, did you see it in the cinema?
4: No. Right, okay. No, we, we watched it at home, um... I can't tell you when, uh, but yeah, me and Kel both watched it. And we thought it was god awful. <laughs> uh, we, we I think the beginning bit was fine, but it dragged and dragged and dragged.
3: Because mm. I did see it at the cinema, and then I rewatched it for Flickchart Forum for Batman films. Okay, and Donovan Morgan Grant has some very strong opinions on for uh, Zack Snyder uh Batman Superman films go on. And uh oh, oh you can listen to them. I've forgotten what he thought. He he's not, not a only, fan he, he works for DC so he hates them. Exactly. Yes.
4: <laughs>
3: so basically me and Chris Johnson took him to task right. and told him he was wrong.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I would be interested to rewatch it. What I'm less interested in re watching is um, the original Suicide Squad film. Uh, which he's very, very, <laughs> he's into a very it's small It's a cameo event. role that he's got. It's a cameo role, he's there at the end with Waller and blah, blah, blah. But, and uh, also you know,
3: apprehending Deadshot. I,
4: I suppose so, yes um and i suppose so he does (laughs) yes yeah um but then he's then a batman in the justice league in 2017 obviously there was the snyder cut four years later on which he'd be in
3: i've not seen the snyder cut
4: i have not and again i don't
3: really give the thing is i need to rewatch the original cut first and again i've i've got other things to watch it's like I'm preparing for a flick chart forum. Oh, right. I've got two more two more Hayden actors before the end of the year. So, you know, <laughs> you're it's, not pri- it's not a priority. Now,
4: I've watched the original Justice, Le- the original Justice League, the 2017 Justice League, The Once. Yeah. And I did a drunken director's commentary on it. And I don't remember much about the film. Um, I do remember that something went wrong during the streaming process. So I'm there kind of going, oh, shit, no, uh, pause, pause if you're watching along at home. And... Uh, <laughs> Play it now, like, director's commentary or commentary. Your, your massive commentary Twitter following. Only works. I mean, no, it was on Earth 2, okay. I think. I can't remember.
3: Whatever.
4: Uh, maybe I didn't send it because it was embarrassing. I can't remember, but uh, hey,
3: hmm.
4: an actor... <laughs> yeah, but, um, in amongst all these other things as well he's still doing some other films like the aforementioned Accountant uh, and he directed, wrote and produced a film called Live by the Night or Live by the Night The Accountant by the way um, is him again starring uh, alongside Anna Kendrick her from Trolls and Jay, <laughs> J. Jay Jonah Jameson hey. um, um, who was also a band guy um, he's back again for a Jay and Silent Bob film
3: it, he's loyal to I Kevin guess Smith. Yeah. Because he also did Clark's <sighs> 3. Jesus. The thing is, I've only... Because by the time I stopped my Kevin Smith rewatch, uh-huh. uh, the next film that I technically could have watched was Clark's 2. Okay. But I didn't bother. <laughs> and that's, is that
4: the one you're never going to see?
3: <laughs> no, uh the one I'm never going to see is Tusk. Because... In which Justin Long from Dodgeball is turned into a walrus. What? Yes. Anyway. I, um, <laughs> I think that dead air speaks for itself. Exactly.
4: But, uh, fine. He uh, wrote and produced a film called The Last Jewel a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about that. And, yeah, uh, produced by Ridley Scott, or actually by Ridley Scott. Rather oh, it's historically
3: inaccurate then. Yes,
4: and I think that was one of the kind of things that came out against it, is that he was very vocal about, no, who gives a fuck, were you there? Who cares? He's Irish now. <laughs> uh,
3: North Shields, of Ireland. Island.
4: Man. Why I? Yes. Uh, to be sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, his final, hopefully, um, <laughs> <laughs> version version of Batman in the Flash um, this year. Okay,
3: I've not seen that, but I, and I've no. It's interest just in down watching. as it's, cameo. Yeah, yeah, it's
4: probably one of the kind of CGI nightmare characters right I understand yes
3: yeah yeah I just don't want to see it I'm interested in seeing it and there's there's one more film I think we should probably bring up
4: go on oh yes of course Jennifer Lopez halftime
3: just because we were considering talking about it uh on on the show right um it's the film air right which is directed by affleck and has him and Matt Damon in supporting roles mm-hmm. uh, Alongside uh, a former heart subject very recently, Viola Davis Quite right uh, It's to do with um, the uh, Air Jordan
4: The Air Jordan brand Yes, and how I that got off the, the ground well he, well, he jumped and then he he did a sick slam oh. dunk
3: That's how that got off the ground. That's right. Yeah. You and your basketball lingo, you. (laughs) Yeah. Dribble. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, don't travel. Well, you have two kids. (laughs) They're both beyond dribbling now. Well, you'd think so. Anyway. Okay, um, so that's going but, yeah, over he, the he, filmography. What What about mm. the you know career at large? It's like, well, he's what, what, what impresses you about him, or just what stands out about him?
4: Well, I th- what is interesting about him is that he came through like at the same time with the same acclaim as Matt Damon. And they both won their Oscar together. And then there's a kind of, there's an odd sort of comparison, which is kind of made between the two of them. Because they are so closely linked and kind of have the, the, the friendship that they do or did or pers- people perceive they have. I mean, bear um, in mind
3: they worked on a film together as recently as this year. Yes. It's, it's yeah. not like the Seth Rogen, James Franco friendship. no. That has broken down because James Franco is incredibly disappointing. What a disappointment! And a sex pest.
4: Well, there's, there's that as well. It's one of the reasons, why. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so also it's I've just watched *Was kind of...
3: the Great and Powerful* recently. Why? Why would you uh, do a that for him reasons? Oh, of course, yeah. silly me. Um, yeah, so he's kind of had
4: to deal with this kind of unfair comparison against Matt Damon. And I think Matt Damon has kind of come off the favourites in terms, or not the favourites, but the. I I get what you mean. Yeah. The 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 victims. He's less less derided. Yeah. He's he's the
3: one who has more favourable press.
4: Yes, favourable press or a better body of work or a more varied body of work, um, potentially. That would be a very
3: interesting thing to discuss next month. I, I guess I'd so. No. The next comparison episode. between
4: the two. Next episode. It's probably next
3: month. Yeah, Definitely
4: next month. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, in terms of that, he's kind of come off a little bit to the lesser. But when you look through his filmography, he's gone from kind of a hit after up, it. Up he's gone from leading man to leading man for a long time and maintained a certain level of notoriety or um, bankability. To kind of helm big films with some lesser-known um, films chucked in there. At the same time, he's forged his own path as a director and writer. So he started out as a writer and producer as well, so he has done quite a lot of favorable things. But you can't help but kind of compare him unfavorably against Matt Damon, unfairly. Hmm. What would you say?
3: I, th- I think there's a lot to you that. I think. Also, Affleck has suffered from the fact that his love life has been tabloid fodder.
4: Yes, that's fair with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez, mainly.
3: I mean, to an extent with Jennifer Garner as well. But it was at its worst with regards to Jennifer Lopez. It's like literally, she was the hottest thing on the planet at the time I, I don't understand why, but she was, and Affleck was an a list <laughs> it in terms of her music career, certainly not no um <laughs> but but she's real, oh God, those we the and that's <laughs> one of the songs I like better of like
2: if you had my love,
3: oh, oh. shut up, God damn it, terrible one, <laughs> um. But that's that's the thing, though. That's the thing. It's just like, there's things about how that relationship and how two people who have a ton of tabloid attention growing together, it just negatively impacted on their careers because it was a major mm. distraction and there was so much focus on them. It's not like Damon wasn't having any focus, but you probably... Unless you were to look up on Wikipedia you couldn't tell me who he, he was married to or how many kids he had. What well, Affleck? A uh, Damon. Damon No.
4: No, no exactly. idea.
3: Whereas <laughs> Affleck, you know, had the quote unquote misfortune of falling in love with very famous women called Jennifer. So <laughs> it, He's got a type. <laughs> um so i th- i think that's been a problem to the extent that i was going to say that you know south park didn't do him very many favors
4: <laughs> he came up in two different episodes two different
3: episodes one where he's the son of people with buttocks for faces <laughs> And one where... Yeah, we have... Well and further. one where you'd have Cartman, like, basically wank him off because he'd drawn Jennifer Lopez on his hand and state that he has no talent.
2: <laughs> I love my beam! I was going to say,
3: but that's pretty one-sided. And then I remember Team Affleck World Police. and Damon! <laughs> Is it Team Affleck? Uh, uh, Afl- Team America, Welsh Police, sorry. Team America, Welsh Police. Mere Damon. From what I remember, Parker said he was going to originally have lines, and then we looked how fucking dumb the puppet looked. <laughs> We're just yeah. like, oh, he can just say his own name. <laughs> no, I mean, goodness. it's still, it's not a complimentary. <laughs> but no. um, but I mean that notwithstanding, so he's lived more of his life in the eye of the tabloids, and that's kind of not helped him. And you know. To what extent he is more or less talented than Matt Damon. That's something we can certainly discuss uh, next episode. That way, dragons. Well, yes. That kind of conversation. But at the same time, there's a reason why we're we're doing them back to back. I guess so. They're a package deal. Uh, To an extent. Just because, you know, this rare example of two guys who've come up through the Hollywood system together, won Mm -hmm. Oscars... Together for writing. For the same thing, And then yeah. gone off to become A-listers in their own right acting-wise, despite the fact that they only work together on screen very sporadically. Yeah. But they're still very good mates, and that,
2: that's kind of heartwarming
3: in, in, yeah. in many ways. And then it's we nice we mentioned that. his brother Casey has got a mm-hmm. successful acting career of his own. To the extent that he's got a, a Best Actor Oscar. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, he and Damon have founded their own kind of production company, which isn't too surprising, but it's what um, they set up which created Air. And I think he's gone on to say that um, he's basically just going to continue doing all of his films through that particular company to, yeah. you know, raise money for good things. Good things. And there's other political things in philanthropy and philanthropy and such like. Um But then I suppose the other thing kind of dragged him down slightly is the fact that um, he has had very publicised problems with alcohol. Well, yeah, generally substance abuse. And then he was kind of named on the periphery of the Me Too allegations, in part because Mm -hmm. Weinstein was a kind of big backer of Affleck and Damon, especially with regards to Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. They've basically disowned him, as you'd expect, but um, it's not a, a path without problems along the way. So, you know, he's 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 had he's had quite a, a well-worn career. And then you've got the other things of just um I've i found what I was looking for with regards to the production company. So um founded with Damon, it's called Artist's Equity, which aims to share profits with all stakeholders. Affleck serves as the company CEO and intends to work exclusively artists' equity as a filmmaker. So, good. good. Cool. Plan. There is also the kind of negative publicity that comes with you with being Batman, which his yeah. which is <laughs> mate George Clooney well knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know.
4: And apologises on several occasions. <laughs> like the Canadian government about Baron Adams.
3: So, yeah, so he's an interesting figure. I think it would be too kind to call him a grace actor but i'd say he's always seemed perfectly serviceable for what he's done certainly with regards to the three films we've covered today two of them are not regarded very well uh if only by me in my flick chart but <laughs> he's never the bad thing about them
4: no i think that's fair to say that he he puts in a serviceable performance
3: in everything he's in 30s. So, it's uh, a, a very cheering thing to say, but we have feedback with regards no. to Ben Affleck. Hooray! Who's it from? Well, um, we, before we get to the nonsense, oh. we're going to get to the Ben Affleck specific feedback. Okay. Or, as the MP3 is titled, Ben Alphick. <laughs> and it's a welcome return to hear... From the Vicarage of Org. Hooray, how I've missed them.
1: Argo, fuck fuck yourself.
2: yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the (laughs) Cutback Club, Pandy. (laughs) I got my snip 18 years ago and I've never regretted it. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, thank you. I mean, I regretted going for the local rather than the general anaesthetic, but anyway, that's one live performance I won't forget in a hurry. But enough (laughs) of my plumbing. Say what you like <laughs> about Affleck, he was the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah, hey. yeah. I've not seen hey. the Phantoms, but it, it, I was a big fan of Kevin Smith films back in the noughties.
5: Yes, you used to wear your baseball cap backwards.
2: I did, I went through a phase of that. Yes, oh, wow. absolutely adored everything he did for a while, including Chasing Amy, which I've not seen for many a year. This year, I rewatched watched Small Rats and *Jane Silence Bob Strike Back, which I absolutely adored. That was my favourite one. Yeah, neither of those have aged well, and I no. dread to think how <laughs> Chasing Amy is aged. So I'm not going to touch it with a barge pole, I don't think.
5: <laughs> well, from what I can remember, basically, a whole screenplay written by somebody who doesn't understand the concept of bisexuality or pansexuality.
2: Can't remember. Don't want to revisit him.
5: <laughs> oh, OK. Fair enough. But I, mean, I can remember at the time feeling uncomfortable when I was watching it.
2: It was never my favourite one back in the day. I would love to watch Jersey Girl again, because I always loved that, and nobody else did, seemingly. I wonder that how one? that one's out. Well, it was a rather more serious one. Uh, again, it's got Affleck in it. Is um, it the one
5: where he's got the kid?
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah. I liked that one. Yeah, I thought that was good, so I think we might give that a watch. But, I mean, basically, Affleck's great in all the Kevin Smith films, don't get me wrong, it's, it's just, just the scripts are... Not as good as no. I thought they were when I was <laughs> innocent in the early noughties. Well,
5: but. I think part of it is that—I
2: mean, comedy changes, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, but also, I mean, Smith. I think, if I remember rightly, I think it's his brother who's gay, and a lot of what he was trying to do was challenge the homophobia he found in his culture mm. at the time. So,
2: it doesn't do it very well, though, particularly not in Jay and Silence. Bob Strike back, but anyway, let's let's move on Hello. from Kevin Smith because this is supposed to be about be about the Affleck, isn't it?
5: It is. I like him. Yes. Argo. I remember watching it for the first time on a plane. I can't remember where I was going.
2: It wasn't the, uh, Iran, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on a cheap cheap flight because we had
5: fuck all money, and it was something that came up, and I was like, I haven't heard of it, so I'll watch it, expecting it to be probably a bit shit, if I'm honest. And actually, I really enjoyed it. And then I can remember, it was on BBC Two or something like that. And I mentioned to you, I went, oh, that's the one I watched on the plane. It was actually really good. And I didn't expect it to be good. And we've watched it a couple of times since yeah.
2: then. Yeah, we've got it on DVD. And yeah, I particularly like John Goodman and Alan Arkin in that. They kind of steal the show somewhat, yeah. don't they? But <laughs> it is a really good film because it's funny, but it's also really, really tense sometimes. Yeah. times. yes yeah,
5: well. and they get the balance between the comedy and the tension right. I think yeah. the comedy is necessary mm. to make it not be. A film that's so tense, you don't actually enjoy watching it. Yeah, there are some people who are capable of both acting and directing, but not necessarily at the same time. And I think he pulls it off.
2: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's good. He's good in it, and it's well directed. So, what, what more can you ask? Uh, he was good in Daredevil as well, even yes. though that film didn't really work. But it wasn't his fault. No,
5: I liked him.
2: And I did try and watch Justice League, but I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I think I'm probably done with Affleck in superhero films anyway.
5: Yeah I, yeah, I think I probably am as well. I've seen him in a, f- a few other things as well. There was one... Come cool, on, give us a clue. Oh, he ends up being used as, like, some kind of spy thing because of an ability he has. I think it might be massive. The accountant or something like that? Yeah, I liked him in that.
2: I mean, he's generally a magnetic screen presence. Even in a duff film. Yeah. He's a natural when it comes to comedy. Yeah. And he has a chin to die for, let's face it. He does have the chin. (laughs) It
5: reminds me, this is probably going to go over everybody's head apart from us, but he reminds me of the chin of Robbie Rotten in... um... (laughs) LazyTown, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Candy's kids are Uh, enough to watch that. But anyway... It it is a chin. (laughs) We like Ben Affleck. He's He's
5: he's good and I think he's underrated.
2: Yeah, I think he is, because it was the whole Daredevil thing left a some sour <laughs> note in his relationship with whats a face yeah. But ultimately, it didn't stop him being a good actor. No. So. But yeah, I was never going to watch Pearl Harbor, though. You're, you're welcome to that, lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like,
5: the other one I'm never going to watch is U571. Anything that yeah, makes yeah. shit up.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: I don't mind if things play around with history in a way that is blatantly obvious to the ignorant that it's made up. Like
2: Shakespeare in Love. (laughs) Yeah,
5: but (laughs) otherwise, just no, because there's too many people who don't know their history. What little they know is from the movies and Facebook because they don't trust the news. Mm. And so you're poisoning them and it's morally wrong. Yep. I think probably Ian agrees with me as a historian. Mm-hmm. I suspect that he and I are on a similar Wh- page. Why have I got s- s- bagpipes
2: playing in the back of my head? I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> catch you next time, hopefully. Take care. Bye.
5: Bye.
3: I, I don't know why i have got bagpipes playing. Org. I mean, I'd like to recommend a
4: new end of uh, episode song. We are number one. Hey there. Robbie Rottenchin. Oh my god.
3: No. Ah, come on. I'm aware of Lazy Town. Now look at this net that I've just found.
2: When I say go, get ready to throw.
3: What country is Lazy Town from?
4: Scandinavia.
3: Oh right, that country. That country. Yeah. Sorry not him, not me.
4: <laughs> ah. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's made me smile so hard. <laughs> and you know, they share a lot of our opinions on a lot of they that.
3: Do.
4: Yeah. About trying to address kind of gay um uh what's the word? Uh Bashing, I guess, in the nineties, but doing it cock handedly. Homophobia. Cock handedly. Yeah, there's that. But I said gay, so I was trying to think of the right word to go with it that means the same. That's what I said in the end. Okay. Uh Thanks for that. But uh, yeah, uh, and as a historian,
3: yes. As a historian, absolutely, Anne Marie. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent.
4: So there's no more feedback. Uh We can talk That's about our next. True. Our next episode.
3: So, um. The <laughs> on. You, you might recall, listeners, <laughs> that we had um, a brief uh, email come in about Will Smith um, oh, yeah. whilst, whilst we were recording, and um, unfortunately, Mike wasn't able to forward them quite as quickly for the rest of the recording, so there are one, two, three, four, five others. They were, they were sent
4: within a space for about five minutes.
3: I, I, I can imagine.
4: Um whilst we were recording cause I was fam- I was by the end of last episode, you're probably telling by my, my voice, I was very tired and quite bored. Um and had switched off to whatever bullshit you were talking about. <laughs> so um I had started sending emails in. Such as uh, with the idea that
3: Hi guys, long time <laughs> listener here, just letting you know you're both great, especially Pandy. <laughs> Cheers, Pandy. <laughs> and that's email number one. <laughs> Email number two. Hi again. It's me again. I forgot to mention that Ian is pretty good too. But that Pandy is something else. Whoa, Pandy. <laughs> Should mention that Pandy was recording with ball trauma at the time. I wasn't even drunk. Email three. Subject line. Orson Wells. <laughs> Hi guys. Wasn't he on Garfield and Friends? <laughs> Pabdi <laughs> I think someone uh, misspelt their own pseudonym <laughs> Orson was one of Garfield and friends Yes
1: That's what I thought
3: Subject uh, line <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow Hi Gwyneth is a nice name and all But it's tricky to spell I think it should be Gwyneth Cheers, Pablo. <laughs> and finally, subject line: Christian Norre. Are you a bit worried about what happens to him? No. Okay. Not at all. You remember good stuff. <laughs> He's a good sports, tall, dark, and handsome, with a love <laughs> of Disney, Pokemon, and. Harry Potter. Well, two out of three ain't bad, lol. (laughs) Do you have any plans to cover his filmography? Many thanks. (laughs) Plan though. (laughs) So, thank you, (laughs) Anne-Marie. Christian's filmography. Because... Getting actual feedback stops shit like that coming through from a tired and emotional Oh, I definitely wasn't drunk. Pandey.
1: My stomach hurts. <laughs>
3: from your, your own work.
1: My own jokes, i uh,
3: know. the vanity. The vanity.
1: I'm a funny person. <laughs> I make me
3: laugh. Okay. <laughs> Well, join us next month on Hey an Actor, where me and the funny person will be covering. No, it's all right. You're good too. <laughs> oh, thank you. The funny person and his all right brother. Oh. For, for Matt Damon month. Do you remember the films we're doing, or should I just power on through? You go okay. For it. So, um, in a <laughs> film which uh, York's also had a hand in influencing <laughs> with a, an email, because anne <laughs> noted that uh, she's not on Twitter anymore. Good for you. I am. Yes. Bad for me. Um, uh, but... uh wait, what? Twi- twi- Twitter? What? Uh, X. X, yes, of yeah. course. You keep making that mistake. Where that South African racist um, uh, says his anti-Semitic things. Oh, yes. That's right, Joss (laughs) (laughs) Ackland, (laughs) R.I.P. Diplomatic immunity (coughs) will work in heaven, Uh. I assume. Uh. We're starting with the film that Pandy had never seen before, and that is The Bourne Identity.
2: Yeah. Many
3: of you will be thinking, hang on, Ian, isn't it famously you who'd never seen The Bourne Identity? To which I say, yes. During the Hay and Actor years. Oh. Mm. But we're, we're long past that.
4: Do you mean the Fury's only years? <laughs> I do mean the Fury's only. Oh own. my God. Oh dear. <sighs> well, Merry Christmas. Well, there's my
3: ball pain excuse. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yes, The Born Identity is what Pandy will be watching for the first time. Mm. And based upon what the orgs had uh, picked out, um, I, for the first time, am going to be watching The Martian.
4: Ooh. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about that The potato
3: poo movie from what I game. The
4: potato poo movie. Yes,
3: lovely stuff.
4: Ah, it's so much more than potato poo.
3: Well, I'll be the judge of that when we watch
4: (laughs) The Martian.
3: And yeah. the joint review, and uh, this kind of crosses over with this episode because it couldn't go without being mentioned. Uh, goodwill Hunting, absolutely, we need to, and we thought it more pertinent to cover for Matt Damon month on the basis that he is Goodwill Hunting. He's Goodwill. Oh, I remember him being a bit potty mouthed, but uh, he's at the very least Will Hunting. Yes, uh, as is Dave Provert whenever he has to record. <laughs> with Will Ackerman. So, uh, what? I wish him some goodwill. Ah, uh, yes. With a gun. What? Don't shoot Will Ackerman. Get your uh, feedback in on The Born Identity, The Martian and Goodwill Hunting. Lickety splits As we will be turning round our Matt Damon episode as soon as possible because we still want to get episode 100 done by the end of the year. Mm. So do that at hey at earth-two dot net. That's hey at earth hyphen the number two dot net, mm. or make use of our Facebook page. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes,
4: I'll do some some more weirdo drawings if you use it more. Indeed. Why not put your favourite moment of this episode <laughs> on there right now? <laughs> Good stuff.
3: Now, usually this time uh, around yes. we would be talking about uh what we're going to do for the episode previous, notwithstanding mm. it is a quote unquote our December episode, of which yes. we never let slip who it's going to be. No. But I do have things to announce for not just mm. episode one hundred, but also for uh for year twenty twenty four. Oh, yes! Here we go. So this Here is very exciting. Go. Very exciting. This. So what I will say about episode 100 is uh, it will be two films of a person. And this time around, it's going to be a subject who's been one of our favourite memes. Mm. And we're not going to give anything away. I mean, ah, it limits it to a few. Uh, we have done Austin well <laughs> already. Oh, oh but, yeah, silly me! Sorry. Um, we do have other memes. So um, think on it, think on it hard, and then on in 2024, we are going to be doing actors we have already covered. Do over year. It's baby. the year of Redux.
4: The year of Redux, we're going to have another go, the year of Redux, because we fucked up some actors at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Now, what,
3: what What? this means is that basically for as many as 11, possibly not given the track record of the past couple of years, but for as many... <laughs> As eleven episodes, we will be recovering previous actors, and the kicker is going to be: it doesn't matter if we have or haven't seen the films before. It is yeah. literally going to be not a homework pick, but a pick of the person in question. Too long
4: have we been stymied by our own format. Indeed. Points.
3: Now it's just for twenty twenty-four. But So make as good a use of it as you can. We will be taking mm. suggestions as to which actors we cover, although the first one is set in stone. Ooh. And it's Will Smith.
4: Emma Stone? No, it's Will Smith. Um, <laughs> yes, we're Will Smith. Because God knows... The, the episode we famously we
3: we We didn't choose the best Will Smith. <laughs>
4: and the time is
3: right to talk about Will yes, Smith. Yes, there's never been a more... Beloved... <laughs> A man I mean... whose reputation has had no problems. Whose <laughs> strength is
4: exactly.
2: exactly. he, He's won an Oscar
3: since we last... Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the biggest night in exactly. his career. That's all it will be remembered for.
1: <laughs> mm.
3: Indeed. So, uh we will ask for uh, some Will Smith suggestions. Again, we will pick ones to give each other, but at the same time, we will still take soundings from uh, the forums and the fan base, uh, as to the, f- the third review of the show. So, as I say, get your Will Smith suggestions in for that. As for episode 100, oh, it's gonna be massive.
5: Whoa. So,
3: we've got the two films of, uh, the subject matter in question, who will remain yeah. nameless. And uh we will also be doing uh, the regular things. We'll be doing the Tomlinson's. We'll be doing Christian's Festive Challenge. Yeah. We'll also be looking back on the
1: podcast. Because it's up 100
3: episodes. We've been a busy, boys. Now, uh one other thing, just with regards to the Tomlinson's, because usually there's a Tomlinson award as to who we should cover next year. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really quite work for next year, because we will just be saying... Look, give us ideas because we've we've got a certain amount of episodes to film. So I would suggest, and I will make it more clear, especially once we've wrapped up the Matt Damon episode, that that episode be restricted to directors only so that uh, that can inform who we cover in December next year.
4: I guess so. Indeed. Good idea. Uh,
3: lovely stuff. So, um, mm. plen- plenty exciting, to come. Times. Uh, yeah, we don't want you to think that just because we've missed multiple months over the past few years that we don't <laughs> like doing this and are not committed to the podcast. We we, love we it. are. We, enjoy it. we love doing it, and we will continue doing this until one of us has a really good reason not to. And, or and now that Pandy has had his ball snipped, we can't. Um, you know. And leaving teaching. <laughs> he's leaving teaching. He'll have loads of time. So, with all that in mind, uh, just uh, leaves us to say, uh, get in your uh, feedback for this episode and past episodes and um, anything you want to say about Matt Damon. Mayor Damon. And uh, we will see you in a few weeks because we'll get that one out definitely pre-Christmas. And mm. then the episode 100... Ah, uh, might be pre-Christmas. More likely between Christmas and New Year. We will do our dance We'll see. We'll see. We've, we've, yeah. yeah, Christmas. It's a it's a busy time. It's quite right. Right. Yeah. right but until next time, cheerio. Bye, Boobins.
0: when he made pearl harbor i miss you more than that movie missed the point and that's an awful lot girl and now now you've gone away and all i'm trying to say is pearl harbor sucked and i miss you
3: I think so too, which is why I've started recording. Hey, I've also started recording then.
4: <clears throat> Thank you kindly. Hello. Oh, and welcome we're... to Hey and Hector. Well,
3: I'm I'm introducing I know you. Are. And also uh, record uh, editing as well. What? I'm on I'm, oh, um, I I'm <laughs> I what you you editing a podcast <laughs> Never I I am getting a new computer for free Black Friday. Oh awesome. Cool a um, as to what it is, I do not know. Oh. Um, but also, I'm currently on a week off. Oh, so, good uh, for you. I know. Excellent. It's, this is one of those ones where you don't spend lots of money making you broke into November. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm broke in November. Oh, I will ye have ye. a week off where I don't need to spend any <laughs> money,
4: apart from Black Friday. <laughs> I've yeah. been organising the staff Christmas do again, because uh, ah. of course... <clears throat> obviously my last one doing that and yes. um, I looked at my bank account earlier and I, I decided to just pay the venue outright uh, and people could owe me and mm. people haven't, haven't given me money back yet so oh my god I'm like right up to my overdraft limit oh yeah this account. is uh,
3: this is bringing back uh sharp memories of Richard Stankford <laughs> <laughs> mm. and Fisher never did pay me of course he didn't nah, drifting. Anyway. So, there's our outtake. Um, <laughs> I haven't started yet. A damn Fisher is a grifting. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything you didn't know. Wow. Getting the bust to your stack.
4: <laughs> to be fair, I wonder how much of the listenership have any idea what, uh, Fiora's Only is. Cause, well, <laughs> n- not, not as an insult, but like, it's now been deleted, right? Uh,
3: it's come off. The website, I don't know if it's off iTunes. Well, I mean, if if you downloaded it, it's not gone away or anything. I guess
4: I have no idea.
3: And bear in mind, most of our audience are people who've been with us for the best part of 10 years. (laughs) Probably. They've they've heard us mention it in passing. I mean, I don't know the demographic for certain.
4: Uh, Write in and tell us.